What's going on, everyone? And welcome to episode number 140 of the TXR podcast, the absolute best place on Sunday nights to kick back, relax, and pop a crisp cold one and listen to gaming news, rumors, and interviews. I'm your host, Invader, and I'd like to wish all of our American listeners and viewers a happy 4th of July weekend. I hope you're all having a good time, having a barbecue going on, and just enjoying the holiday. And of course, as well, a few days ago, it was Canada Day, and I have to wish a happy Canada Day to all my fellow Canadian listeners just uh, joining us, like uh, J-Dubs here. Yeah, happy Canada Day, bud. And uh, yeah, let's get this party started. Uh, get on to the panel intros. And for tonight's show, we're joined by two absolute powerhouses in the Xbox in the Xbox community. Uh, both are members of the Gamers United Guild uh, between the uh, friendly podcasts of NLG, TXR, Four Guys with Quarters, and the Retro Renegades. And first up from the Retro Renegades, we have the graphic god Jay Williams with us. How have you been, man? I'm doing great. Yes, thank you. Thank you for inviting me. Happy Fourth of July to everyone. Happy First of July for the Canadian, for all the Canadians here. Um, yeah, this was a long time coming. Thank you for inviting me. Of course, buddy. You know we'd love to have you. And um, yeah, before we get started, Jay, what, what have you been playing recently? Anything good? Um, actually, I've been dipping into Game Pass, and I've been playing The Messenger. And uh, absolutely loving that game. If anyone hasn't played it and they like, you know, 16-bit style ninja games with witty um, dialogue, the game is hilarious. The game is very, very retro, right up my alley. Isn't um, that made by Devolver? Yeah, or no, I'm thinking of Katana Zero or whatever that is. I, I'm not quite sure. But my, my other go-to game that I play an awful lot of is Mortal Kombat 11. And uh, I've just been trying to like perform all the all the um, friendships and all of the stage fatalities recently. I'm not much of a um, um, a seeker of the gamer score. Like I, I, I'm not one of those guys that has to go out and one you know a thousand every game I play. But if I'm having fun, I'll keep playing it. But uh, for the most part, that's what I've been playing. Yeah. Nice, nice. All right, all right. Definitely uh, have to check that out sometime. And also joining us from the terrific NLG podcast, we got Mike Mullis. Hey, Mike, how's things at your end? Oh, what's going on, Invader? Hey, I already brought the two down votes with me, so uh, they've uh, they found me. They found me. <laughs> what's going on, guys? It's about time I get to time I get to do a show with Jeremy. He missed the last one I was on. What are you talking about? What's here? You just forgot. You were not. You weren't, dude. You weren't on the last one. I, are you sure? You're, you're getting old, buddy. Sorry, I am getting old. There is no doubt about that. I thought. I thought it was just me. <laughs> yeah, it was. I thought it was just a hold of you. Wait a second. Oh, he, that's he, he, okay. He, he's saying, Mike. That's he's right. saying you're. He's saying you're getting old, but he's the one that's in his beard. Oh, oh yeah. I'm starting. Yeah, he is. But I'm starting dude. to catch him. Jay I'm starting to catch What's up, Jay? Knows already. What's going on, buddy? Yeah, gentlemen, nothing, nothing gentlemen, thank you for joining us today, oh, Mr. Course. Jay. Yeah. Full disclosure, Jay has done work for me in the past. Uh, thank you, Jay. I really appreciate your services. Yeah, for sure. Awesome artist. Um, and Mike, Mike, thank you for my coming brother. On. Uh, my brothers. This is great. I love coming on here. This is uh 
it's awesome. You know, support yeah. and be supported. We're all part of this. You know, we're all part of the same team, right? You know, gaming. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And oh, yeah. Happy, uh, happy Nova right. Scotia Day if they have that kind of thing. Um, <laughs> not really, but yeah, like every, right, day, well, every, every day is Nova Scotia Day for me, right? There you go. <laughs> um, Jer- Jeremy, I just want to remind you that um, since I have done your art in the past and I still have the original files, I can put a little gray in the beard. For your character, if you like. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Hey, wow. You could how about like a little box of just for men or something on the side? <laughs> and it could it could be uh dyed in or something. <laughs> he could be there with the little brush. Uh, yeah, a little uh, just for men box right beside his avatar. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, but uh, all right, fellas, we'll move on to the other TXR members on the panel. Uh, Centurion Buddy, hey, you must be tired from uh, your podcast workout earlier. <laughs> oh, yes. Second podcast today. Yeah. Let's start hours three and four. I got to uh, do a podcast today with Stubbs Gaming on his uh, podcast, The Stubcast. Um, kind of revealed a little bit about myself on his show, um, talked some games, talked other stuff. It was actually a fun couple hours. And now here we are, ready to talk more games for another couple hours with another group of awesome people. Stubbs you know, does a good refreshing. show, man. Oh yeah. Who Stubbs? Sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah, Stubbs does a really good show. He had he had me on um, last month. Yeah, I love that one-on-one uh, thing he does. It's it's different, it's unique, and nobody else is doing it that I know of. And yeah, um, I mean, like actually, and I know Invader sat down with him. You have sat down. I have, I have. Dealer. Jay sat down. I, yeah. With him. And, and, and it's actually really cool because it's like kind of like the people that you all love to listen to their opinions. All of a sudden, you're hearing about them. Yep. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. I sat down with him a couple of weeks ago, and yeah, it was a nice talk. He uh, doesn't ask you the usual kind of stuff, and it's really personal. Well, it's very personal the way that he goes about things. So yeah, uh, and he and it's not like forced personal. He just asks questions, and whatever you put out there is on your own accord. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, moving along here, Shock Buddy, Eric Shockley, how's things at your end? Oh, pretty good. I've uh, been trying to finish Last of Us. I swear that game feels like it's... The pacing's a, a little off in it. It feels really long. I think I'm about like 23 hours in it. <laughs> You're not allowed to say that, by the way. I feel like I'm halfway. <laughs> no, it's, really, it's really good. It's just some of the pacing. There's some flashback parts in it that kind of throw off the pacing that some people have complained about. But... Uh, uh, but the combat, now I've switched over to a different, I don't know, if I probably shouldn't say anymore, but... <laughs> what game um, are we talking combat, about? Uh, Last of Us two, Part 2. Okay, that's that's what I thought. Um, I don't think it's too much of a spoiler since they've kind of like shown it in like every trailer. Um, but I'm playing as the other character that's not Ellie now, and the combat's a little bit different. So that's kind of a cool change of pace, though, so it kind of... Gives you kind of a fresh look halfway through the game, so that's been Dude. pretty cool. Just um, trying to get through it so I can get not hear any more like spoilers. You know, while you're just bringing this up, Shockley, the other day I thought about this when it came to Last of Us Two, just because I'm seeing how toxic people are getting with when oh, they don't yeah. like when they don't like sure. plot yeah, when they don't like plot choices that were made, and all of a sudden they're like making death threats because they don't like the direction that a fictional character is taking in their life. I have no idea. Um, Could you imagine what would happen nowadays if Darth Vader came out and said, Luke, I am your father? Do you know how many people would probably threaten to burn that guy's house down or something? (laughs) 
like i'm yep. just saying it'd be a t- like i'm just saying like the i'm just shocked on just how people are just taking it a little too far now all of a sudden i find myself wanting to play the last of us too because i'm just like i'm wanting to find out what is making people lose their minds well there there's definitely some i won't say it for anyone that hasn't played it but when you watch the trailers initially things it basically i would say like and movies do this all the time they'll show you things and like oh this is how the game is gonna be because this is what it's showing me this is who i'm gonna be with or whatever and then that completely is not the case so it turns like, upside down <laughs> yeah so people were saying calling it like false advertising i see on twitter today but it's like it's this is common every almost every movie you see you'll see stuff in the trailer that just wasn't in the cut so i so there's definitely some stuff like that where people are just like pissed kind of like when you had uh what Metal Gear Solid 2, people were pissed when, hey, are you playing at Raiden? <laughs> oh, sorry. We and then don't don't forget Hunt the else. Truth. <laughs> yeah. Hunt the Truth. Yeah. Definitely. You know what? It's, re- it's refreshing to see your guys' mugs on here. It really, really is because, you know, number one, I was the only one doing it for a while, and I'm like, eh, no one else is doing this. I'm not going to do it anymore, but... Uh, I tell because number one, I think Tim's too ugly to be on cam. And then, um, you know, as, as for as for Megatron, I think he's too tall to be on cam because every time he does use his cam periodically, um, you see the, the the ceiling fan because I think you know. But anyway, you know, I appreciate you guys coming on cam, yeah, and uh, show, showing your mugs. Yeah, well, I have nothing I, to hide. Yeah, well, that was a funny thing when I when I first when I first jumped on, I was talking with Invader. I then realized, oh God, Mike's gonna be on here, and I didn't have my my camera on right away. And I said, well, I can't have Mike show me up. I gotta put my camera. On. <laughs> uh, but speaking of which, what are you- what are people gonna do to me? I'm 47. <laughs> what really? What are they gonna do? Are they gonna put my name on, put my face on a meme on Twitter? Oh no. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, now you just started something, Mike. Watch out. Oh man, Jeremy, buddy, uh, nice to see your mug on the screen. Of course, uh, have you been enjoying the long weekend? It's been a long week, actually. It's been crazy. Right now, we're in the super busy time, and it's just been chaos at at the store. And uh, it's been fun, but nevertheless, <laughs> it's just been it's been crazy. So, but everything's been good. I haven't been I haven't been able to get some gaming in, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, everything's good, man. Thank you. All right, I'm happy to hear that. Of course. Um, are you are you really happy though? Are you really happy? Or are you just saying that? <laughs> yeah, you know, you're right. I'm just putting on a charade. I'm sorry, guys. Everybody in the chat, everybody, you know, on on the panel. <laughs> I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm just. It's a ruse right now. What I'm pulling, <laughs> a ruse. A ruse. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I'm trying to be fancy here, you know, <laughs> got a podcast going on. But uh, guys, we're going to go on to our first topic of the evening. And it looks like Sony are weighing in on acquiring a company called Liu Technologies Holdings. It's a Hong Kong based gaming firm. Now, obviously, all kinds of studios and firms are being acquired by big publishers these days to drive content on their platforms. And Sony's looking to this as stated by their chief executive officer, Kenichiro Yoshida. They're looking to acquire. Liu is listed at about $1.2 billion in market value. That's uh, 
quite a chunk of change there. And they own game studios and have certain holdings for game studios such as Digital Extremes, which uh, make Warframe Splash Damage, which uh, have worked on or well, have made Gears Tactics and have a 20% stake in certain affinity. So, you know, some name studios there. Jeremy, I'm going to head straight to you on this one. What do you think of the likelihood of Sony acquiring Liu? You know, during the past two months, we've heard so many rumors on acquisitions and just the rumor mare swirling about who's going to be buying who and who's up for sale. <laughs> I, I'm not believing anything until, you know, some we get some... Uh, you know, some proof that's going to happen. But as of right now, I'm still on the fence uh, whether or not this is going to happen. Does it make sense? I mean, Warframe is actually, uh, you know, it's a cash. It's one of these cash cows. People are still playing. There's a heavy community that drives, um, you know, just it, it's it's a popular game. It still is to this day. So, um, I mean, it, it is a cash cow it's one of these games that you know Sony can just you know collect money from moving forward and maybe maybe make a, a Warframe two if if they get the opportunity, which will be very popular if if it comes out. Um, I don't see it happening. I, I mean, I'm just gonna take a guess here. I, I don't know. I don't have any inside information on anything, but um, they're a relatively reasonable price right now. I mean, their shares are only like at uh, you know two dollars and seventy five cents or something like that. Mm -hmm. uh, so they can get them at a reasonable price, um, which is what one point something billion, one point two, one point two three, one point one. Um, I don't know. It's one of these things where um, mm -hmm. does it make does it make sense for Sony to buy them? Uh, probably not. I mean, I think I think Sony's more in tune to making you know some bigger moves. You know, they bought. They bought uh, Insomniac for what? Like, how much did they buy them for? Wasn't it like 400, 400 million? Something like 400 that? 400 million, 400, 500 million. Um, and that to me, that's a, a great bargain, you know, for, for a quality developer like Insomniac. Um, I think there is. Especially with the IPs that they have in their history. Yeah. And this doesn't really work uh, with their you know, first party infrastructure, so to speak. Um, you know, it really doesn't go with the model there, you know, their first, their, their priorities, first player, you know, single player games. And that's what they're focused on. These big production games, um, high production value. So I don't, I don't see them making this move at all. Yeah. And Microsoft and Sony recently, they haven't been doing like takeovers. They've been like adding, developers that want to be bought or want the funding kind of like a Somniac. They have a long time relationship and that's how Sony's done it pretty much with all of their studios, Gorilla, Naughty Dog. Yeah. Well, you know, as that's, that's a, cause you don't want to be like rare again where because, Microsoft buys rare and then like 30, right. Their best developers and right. walk out the door before they even start business. Mm -hmm. Right. Everybody's like, it's you rare. Guys they killed rare. I'm like, no, a lot of the rare talent just walked out the door as soon as Microsoft. And it, yeah. And at that right. point, it's irrelevant whether or not you, I mean, it's irrelevant whether you purchase them or not, because nobody wants to be there. They don't have the same foundation that teams had, uh, you know, in, in previous years. 
Classic um, example yeah. is Bioware. Well, yeah. Bioware, Respawn. Well, um, they were they were fine until like I think because of like what Mass Effect Two was great and that was under EA, but then when like environment or you know then working environment maybe didn't continue to be a good. Well, were they? Were they owned by EA when they made Mass Effect 2, or were they no. just yes. working with EA? Yes, they were owned by EA. Are you sure? Yep. Yeah, they, they were. were. They were. Yeah. Microsoft it got like a year one time exclusive <clears throat> or exclusivity with them for Mass Effect 2. Yes, that's correct. Yeah. Yeah. And then yeah. their next big game was obviously Part 3, which right. received considerable backlash on the ending part. Hey, um, you know all that uh, carrying over your. Uh, Saves it didn't mean anything, <laughs> right? <laughs> so, but yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't see them uh, buying uh, Leu. So, mm. I mean, there are some interesting studios here. Obviously, uh, Digital Extremes—they're not too far from me. They're based in London, Ontario, if I'm not mistaken. Um, they did Dark Sector again, Warframe, which has been very popular this generation, especially early on. That game's very successful. Um, you know, Dark Sector, Dark Sector was a good game. Uh, it was you know, that's the 360 game, right? With the uh, yeah, yeah. flying through. No, actually, I take that back. It was three. I take that back. <laughs> I take that back. That's not a good game. It was. A, uh, it was like a, a hitter. It was a decent game. It was okay. a decent. Okay. I would say it's a seven, seven point five. It definitely was a lot more overhyped than what we ended up getting because they had the rocky development where they like scrapped half what they had partway through yeah. the development. Ended up being slightly kind of like Splinter Cell Conviction was going to be something, and then totally went a different direction. Mm-hmm. But I do say, uh, you know, that Warframe is is very enticing. Uh, they can do a lot with the series if, if you know, if, if they put some money behind it, uh, and you know, just increase the development, uh, you know, the developer side uh, in terms of how many people they have coming in. I mean, it, War, War, Warframe could be huge. It's huge already, but um, it's one of these games to where it, it can really, um, you know. Given the right developers and just the right people coming, it could be one of these games where it could be a Fortnite uh, type, ca- you know, cash cow type game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. And then even if you look at Splash Damage too, obviously they uh, they've worked on what's it called, the uh, Gears Tactics. Uh, actually, even Gears of War four, Gears Ultimate Edition. The yeah, there's some good good work done there, but then they worked on some mixed, well, some mixed reaction games like Brink and Dirty Bomb, uh, just to name a few. Uh, not exactly like they're an interesting studio, but I mean, I would say Microsoft would be more interested in Splash Damage than what uh, Sony. Didn't they? Didn't they also work on the Master Chief Collection? Yes. Yeah. Yes, Part they did. So. Yeah, no, they've worked hand-in-hand hand with Microsoft on quite a few things from the looks of it. Um, and then even Certain Affinity. Certain Affinity has a relationship, uh, a pretty good relationship with Microsoft, considering a lot of the uh, higher-ups there did work on Halo, if I'm not mistaken. So Didn't they also work on um, uh, Halo Wars was Certain Affinity? Uh, you know what? I'd, I'd have to look into that, to be honest. Uh, um, hang on, I'm looking it up. But... 
I think they oh, made sorry, you're not crea- gonna- that's creative assembly. I'm sorry. Uh, had my had my CAs mixed up. <laughs> yeah, no, that's you're not idea. you're not gonna have any of these deals leak either. I mean, no. there's so much at stake with these deals. Now, if you start leaking and start, you know, jumping the gun as far as uh, you know who's buying who, then you create a scenario where your shareholders mm-hmm. and your stakeholders are just, uh, you know, they'll bounce and they'll. I mean, it'd be a crazy situation. Just look what happened with, um, you know, Beats and um, Apple, uh, that whole deal with Doc. I mean, yeah, the deal still went through, but at the time, you know, it was uh, there was a question mark on whether or not uh, that deal was ever going to go through since it leaked. Um, you know, so, I mean, what it could do financially for a, co- a company – what it can do as far as the employees and turnover, it'd be catastrophic. So I don't, I don't see any of these deals leaking anytime soon. I mean, it could happen, but mm-hmm. knowing this day and age. Oh, absolutely. Now, but- if it does, I wonder if Microsoft would potentially counter with the call up a W or call up a AT and T. Well, WB yeah. WB would be interesting. This would be a good announcement yeah. after Microsoft show. Like, you know, hey, we just added this, you know, to take their whatever they announced, some of that. Sure. I, I don't know if that's a I don't know. I, now, I I can see them. I can see this going through reading up on on what's been going on with Leo Technologies. Um, the other the other folks that are involved um you know, one of them manufactures plastics, and the other one, uh, <laughs> the other one has a stake in Tencent, which I'm actually surprised uh, isn't the for- the front runner right now. Tencent's kind of uh, growing its portfolio, mm-hmm. but yeah, Tencent's I, actually a pretty good company. Yeah, if I'm looking at if I'm looking at my company and and those are my choices, and Sony wants to step up, knowing. You know, knowing they've got the PS5 uh, around the corner, knowing that they uh, they invest, you know, heavily in their first party uh, development, I'm I'm really interested. Um, you know, Warframe would you know would likely I would assume that that games like Warframe would stay as they are. There's you know there's a lot of investment in the other platforms. It um, doesn't and and, and I, this was floating around, so I'm not certain of this but doesn't Leo have a stake in snk mm. I, i've seen that i saw it on twitter and of course you know everything you read on twitter is true um but i wasn't you know, sure S- if that was actually yes, do. okay SN- so snk mike you know i mean take it for what it's worth i mean it's, they're kind of they're dead i mean really it's their ip their ips that are 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 uh you know intriguing um, I'd buy SNK just for their IPs alone. Uh, I would but, buy SNK for their IPs. I mean, oh, yeah, I, right, to, right. Yeah, well, in terms of uh, you know the, their developer, you know, they have a lot of titles too. They can just port over real quick, and it's automatically you know just a heavy light a library. You know, it's it's kind of like one of these studios that can that have like a breath of uh, some nice titles back to it. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, they just, they just, um, uh, was it, uh, a couple weeks ago, just brought out a new Samurai Showdown or at mm-hmm. least the Neo Geo collection. 
And and to be honest, those games, you know, SNK really concentrates the the majority of their games on both the Switch and the PS4. So this isn't it's not a far fetched um, idea that they would they would continue on that path and just be just be a first party studio for for Sony. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not it's not out of the question, I would say, Mike, um, because of the stu- like the studios and the uh, the IP that are involved here. SNK is well, it's definitely interesting that they have it there. But even with like the other studios from uh, North America and uh, and England, it's uh, I would say it's a, not a bad package. Hmm. So it's very, it would be very tempting for Sony if they wanted to expand their portfolio. And uh, again, like I would say, like, how do I put this guys? Like, it's just, it's interesting with all this. Cause it just, it seems like there's a bit of a, a publisher arms race going on here with all these studios being bought up by all these uh, big publishers, you know? Yeah. Well, there's a, there's a lot of trouble right now in terms of, uh, you know, who's making money and who's not. You know, right now, this in this day and age, it costs so much to make a video game. Um, you know, that's why you see. I mean, Capcom has just re- recently made a surge back, and uh, they kind of re uh, re envision and reimagine themselves and kind of rebranded themselves in in a way where they're making good games now, and you know, which uh, they're making some money now on them. So they were in trouble for a little while, and I, back in the day, we you know a few years ago, we heard stories of Capcom being bought out by somebody, you know, Sony. I think there were some rumors swirling around as far as that goes. Um, but again, it just costs so much money now. Now, if you can get you know funding behind the games that you want to make and just partner with somebody that you like, whether it's a Microsoft or Sony uh, or a Nintendo. Um, you know, I don't. I don't see Nintendo buying anybody anytime soon. But, um, you know, that's that's what they're gonna do because it makes sense. You know, find you can create, you can still get the create the games created that you want to make, and you don't have no financial obligation. Yeah, you have to hit your budgets, uh, and deadlines and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, um, you know, you don't have to have to put your own money towards it. You can have somebody else fund it. Yeah, no, absolutely. It just it's an interesting article that popped up, interesting news with uh, Leo Technologies um that Sony would be buying. I mean, I, I do see them acquiring more studios in the near future. It's just a matter of, you know, how I, like again, Insomniac was well, pretty reasonable 400. So, for this, I I don't know if they go for like 1.2 billion dollars uh, worth of studios, but Still interesting piece of news, guys. Um, you know, I'm going to transition now into our next topic, fellas. And it looks like next-gen games are going to get a bit pricier. Now, a few days ago, 2K Games announced that the Xbox Series X and PlayStation 5 versions of NBA 2K11 will cost $70 US, which is about $10 more than the current generation games. And I'll say this, with 2K doing this already i can't imagine they're the only publisher increasing the cost of their games in the coming months 
Jay, I'll go to you first on this one, bud. How do you feel about the prospect of next-gen games going up in price? Because, hey, as Canadians, we already get hit pretty uh, pretty hard as it yeah, is. Definitely. I mean, we're, st- we're already paying $79 plus tax, and the tax uh, changes depending on what province you're in. So you're in. So when I'm done buying a game at $79, it's usually close on 90 after uh, after taxes. Mm. Wow. So wow. And, that, and that's for that's for a new game taxes. and that's that is why I love Game Pass. <laughs> um but I still remember being a kid. I mean, I don't remember when that whole transition changed from when um the games went from um like all over the place. It, it was basically the wild wild west of gaming prices back in the 90s. I remember buying Street Fighter 2 championship edition for the sega genesis paying a hundred dollars for it and that this was yep. 1993 something like that yeah so um that's i mean that's a little bit different i mean because you're looking at car cartridges were expensive to make right you know and that's part of the reason i mean look at the what was it, the neo geo with the games were like 75 bucks or yeah. something like the 80 dollars <laughs> they are more than that um yeah some of them were more than that now they're you know now they're a fortune <laughs> yeah a small fortune uh, the right ones anyway but uh it's just another decision i ever made yeah it's one of those things too where again i'm going to repeat and sorry to to um you know cut in on you jay but no, not at all it's one of those things where the development costs are so high and so much that you have to raise these prices in order to stay afloat they're not doing it they're not doing it just because oh we're gonna just you know cash in on these you know on the video game craze because of code. That's not what's happening. It costs a lot of money, and that's why you see there's a you see these rumors on Bloomberg and 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 whatnot about these companies um, being uh, put up for sale. Mm-hmm. You know, it costs a lot of money to make a game, and one game. If you have one fail and a heavy investment into one game. It's the, I mean, it can break you. Oh, we've it can seen break it. you. Uh-huh. Yeah, we've seen it. And so it's, it's one of those scenarios. What was the quote that came out not too long ago? Was that from Mark Cerny talking about how he wished there were there were uh, shorter games being produced? Sean Layden. Oh, Sean Layden. Okay. Honestly, yeah. uh, you know, as a gamer who, I mean, I've been gaming since the 70s, I kind of, I kind of don't like really long games. I'll play them. Yeah, but if there, if there's a game that I know is a uh, hundred hours, it's probably going to still be on my back burner. If I if I know I have a game that's maybe ten hours, like six six to ten hours, I'll play that right away because I know I can get through it. You know, my yeah. my gaming time is limited, and I don't want to invest a lifetime on a video game. I just don't have it. Mm-hmm. That's why I never yep. played The Witcher Three. It's why I haven't. It's why I didn't. What I got? Nope. Got three days into Red Dead Redemption Two. Put that on the shelf. Oh my gosh! Uh, Did yeah. you not play Skyrim? B- that's I, back when I had time. Oh, yeah, okay. I, I I played all of those games. <laughs> when I had, we when I had, we let me tell you, time anymore, I, buddy. Right. When I had time, I played EverQuest Online Adventures and Fantasy Star Online. I don't have that time anymore. Yeah. Um, exactly. Yeah. That. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. you know. I wish there was so you know everybody laughs okay, and Danero's in the in the chat room so he's gonna laugh because I'm gonna bring it up and everybody knows where I'm headed. 
There's a reason that I'm invested in the Amico. Those games are not going to be long. They're not going to be overtly complex. I'm going to be able to pick it up, play some stuff, some even play with my kids, put it down, go on to my go on with my day. I mean, there is just I Mike, I would say right now Amico couldn't couldn't come out at a better time. You know, because it's one of these things where, you know, pe- more people are staying home now. More families are staying home now. I think I think this is a blessing in disguise for Tommy uh, and team um, to where they're going to be making a lot of money, um, I, you know, come think- October, whenever the game, the system comes out. Um, now crossing crossing just- fingers that it does. I just wish him the best because I know, you know, he's very passionate about the project. Um, and uh, I know that he has some good people behind him. Uh, but going back to, you know, some of these. We've seen this during the 360 area era where games went up $10 in price. You guys remember um, the yeah, games went, went from 40, yeah, 49 99 to the 360 back to the 360 era where um you know we were buying gamer picks and themes and a whole lot of uh you know digital artwork uh, for our xbox 360 um you know those those days on you know just buying what you buy and that's it are over you know there's microtransactions that's why i don't get why people get so frustrated and angry about microtransactions if you don't want them in the game, don't. I mean, just They're don't optional. buy them. Buy them. There's right. a lot of people that confuse right. microtransactions with pay to win. Well, yes, like, I hate. I hate. It's like a trick question when somebody's like, "Okay, well, but nobody has nobody has an nobody has an issue by uh, playing to win on on a mobile game when they spend money. Why? Why all of a sudden they have you know they, there's this outcry and crybabies over the freaking console gaming? I mean, it's the well, same thing. If okay. I may say, um, you're right, Jeremy. The thing is, it's kind of annoying as well because I'll give you an example. Take Halo 5 Guardians. The, competent game, don't get me wrong, the multiplayer and all. But when they put in the rec packs, for example, sure, you can earn them without money. The problem is they had a lot of stuff that was tied to the rec packs, whether it be armor skins or emblems. It was just annoying when mm-hmm. going back a couple of years, like, you know, uh, to previous halos they were earned just for like go uh, completing certain levels or getting certain ranks and so on yeah. and then you go to that it's like well <clears throat> it's it just it's annoying that way you can't pick but, it just like if I stuff, for map pack still then so like on halo yeah so two and three and so, and then they would devise or uh spread the or not spread but like divide the player base because not every not all your friends would buy yeah so so those things are a tweaking issue you know, you it's like it's like tweaking the gameplay. You know, you tweak your microtransactions or whatever. You well, gotta tweak it. You know, um, just, okay. well, um, me speaking from experience on both games, I'm I'm a huge Star Wars fan. I played the hell out of Battlefront One and Battlefront Two on the Xbox One. We're not talking about the original games on the PS2. Um, so Battlefront One, amazing multiplayer concept. The weapons and the perks of that game were made by, you know, uh, the one item that comes to uh, mind is the bow rifle. The only way to get this weapon 
is to encounter another player who has already gotten it because basically it was given to developers and developers went out and played with this weapon. And the only way you can get this weapon is to melee somebody and kill them. And if you kill this person and they have this weapon, you basically now unlock it in your game, making it to where people, if you're using it, melee you, they can get the weapon because basically they made it a recognizable weapon. So you would look for it on the battlefield and start trying to get people to do it. They would do feats like that. And then Battlefront 2 came out and all of a sudden people with credit cards can like max out all these characters. And I remember the one, it was like Boba Fett. It had something tied to his jetpack. Like if you already maxed out Boba Fett, you could pretty much fly indefinitely and also um, increase his damage and everything else. Basically, if you had a credit card, you had the upper hand in being able to create characters that could level the playing field very quickly compared to somebody who couldn't do that. Yeah, but that. But then me, they short. did take away. I, the under, I understand. And they gave that stuff yeah, for free. I understand, but to me, that's short short term. You know, a lot of these players who pay who pay pay money to win, basically, you know, they're just doing it because of time restriction. Maybe they're just not good enough. But over time, you're going to see these players, you know, who are really good and they play the game religiously, just wipe the floor with. Oh yeah, with, and that's uh, I participate a lot in microtransactions, microtransactions, mm-hmm. purely mm-hmm. because um, a lack of time. Like, um, yeah, I've said it in a couple shows this week. I've, I've done 53 hours this week. I'm going to be doing 53 hours next week. I've had a little bit of time to play Elder Scrolls online, and that's it, regretfully. Yeah. All right. All right. So. Yeah, just interesting, you know, guys, because of recent world events with, uh, you know, just the increasing game prices here. Maybe it's not exactly the uh, best move. Like, well, I guess we'll see in the coming well, months. But, uh, not to well, but it's inevitable. You th- well, do you think it's actually a really good time, honestly? <laughs> yeah, well, you actually have services like Game Pass to actually help supplement um, gamers that are on a budget. I, I don't like using that term, but yes, there is some people out there that game on a budget or or have um, <laughs> or have preferences uh-huh. on how much that they will actually spend on a game. Oh. And mm-hmm. uh, Game Pass helps make up for that. And I'm yep. pretty sure companies like EA, Activision, companies that are very aware of controlling their profits, we'll just call it, um, they know that these services are now existing. So maybe in their room, like maybe it is time to start hyping, I mean, upping the price of games a little bit just because now that there's not this. Um, yeah. But now this also doesn't say the games have to be that expensive. You know, we're seeing great games come out right now. Like uh, Maneater came out at $39.99. State of Decay came out mm-hmm. at 40 bucks, even though it was in Game Pass. But a lot of these games have um, – Disintegration recently came out at $49.99. Um, so definitely there's going to be different tiers of games. It's kind of like based on price now. I only see that $70 price tag, $80 price tag. <laughs> really for these games that really are going to be hundreds of hours. Right. And you know, yeah. that's, that's what my question is. Does it carry over to the, some of the other games that we get for 1999, 2999? Does it carry over on those types of games? There's a big question mark yeah. regarding that. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. Does it, does it, no. does it, does it raise everything by $10 basically? Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Right. I mean, we've so. seen them supplement to like this generation. We've had who knows how many 
deluxe editions, digital deluxe editions, gold editions. Like they've been offsetting their costs in a lot of ways, but eventually the prices, I guess, you know, well, were gonna jump. Maybe this is actually time, like, because this has actually been leading to another debate I keep hearing everybody talk about. Is does this mean we're going to start getting a price difference when it comes to physical and digital? You were, oh my God, you and I need to play the lotto and pick the same numbers because I was just about to say that. And the answer is absolutely <laughs> not. Uh, well, well that's fair. Uh, but, I'm wondering is it's good, but now it's starting to become. Walmart ain't going for that. Walmart yeah. ain't going for that. Well, then, it was so, well, but somebody's got to somebody's got to flinch because the the the, the idea now that. You know, people have been skating around the whole, you know, what are you paying for if the game's the same price digitally versus physical? Now that people are 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 getting, you know, di digital is becoming more more of the mainstream than it is the 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 niche. And if we're getting above, let's say, and I don't know that we're there yet. I, I haven't seen statistics. COVID-19 is going to hammer the nail in the coffin on that. I walked, I walked into Best Buy today. The Xbox and PlayStation sections were nothing but green and blue walls. Yep. Yeah, yeah mine too. My, my target over here, they're in a console to be had. Um, there isn't a game to be had. But you know what? The difference is the, the, the digital, if, if digital now gets above 50%, which you're right with COVID probably is, is if it's not happening already, it's going to, uh, there, ha that conversation is going to, is going to manifest itself by people who are going, Oh, wait a minute. If I go to the store, if I don't want to go to the store and pay for the box and the manual and the shipping and the retail and the tax and all that stuff, why am I paying the same price uh, uh, digitally? Now, the counter to that is that, well, maybe the price physically should, you know, maybe the price physically would be higher, but we're not charging it. I, I mean, there's two ways to go about it, but at some point, those two price structures have got to have, one of them has to give way. Are we paying for convenience? There's no, no. such thing as a convenience cost. No, I, well, actually, I, I see convenience. Like, sir, go look at the cost of ramen in Circle K compared to Walmart. You know, <laughs> well, I, I, that's I, brand. That's that's, that's not that's not that's not convenience. That's, as buying that's power. Right, well, that's, that's also that's buying power. But also, no, actually, if you think about it, to actually the convenience no, is you're parking no. in a much smaller parking lot. You're able to get into a store oh quicker. You God. look at you look at it no. like. I've, no. I've been actually shown it's how much people will pay for convenience. Kit. Actually, there is people that will pay for convenience no, that, in my line of work. About, we're talking about two different things. You're talking about people paying for convenience as opposed to just, you know, markets, uh, you know, jacking the price up because of it. Well, I'm not talking. Well, okay. I have seen the breakdown of games. When you look at physical games, actually, there's a lot of tied into physical games when it comes to cost. You actually, um, there's actually cost built into physical games for returns. Just because we can't actually return games in the United States and other right. countries you can, there's yeah. actually a, a, a cost built into physical games for returns for that very purpose. There is well, a lot of stuff built into those physical copies that does not exist in these digital copies. Right. Well, some of you know, you go to Target or something or wherever these places, they 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 charge a restocking fee, and that's 
pretty much basically what it is, a restocking fee. Um, you know, some companies do it, some some companies don't. But yeah, Noof's not gonna agree agree with this, but I've always had a slogan buy hard drives, not shelves. Okay, look at my shelves, guys. My shelves are full. <laughs> I have no more space. I'm not buying more shelves. I'm okay. going digital, and that's the way it goes. <laughs> well, on my shelves uh... are retro games. That's what I have on my shelf. Yeah, I, don't know. I I do agree with Noof's sentiments, though. Like, I, I mean, I understand everybody's situation, but it's just, oh, man, if the price has to jump up a lot, we're going to be paying like 100 bucks yeah. here in Canada. It's crazy. I know. It, it makes sucks. no sense. And what's going to happen is people are going to buy less games because, especially in this environment, they can't afford it. And so those companies who are making those large games are going to start seeing their return on investment drop. It's going to make it harder for them. Um, and you'll see a lot more acquisitions. I mean, I, this is a this is a cycle that um, that is not going to end well, especially for uh, you know independent developers that don't have that don't have large backings. I mean, it, you know, whatever the next game that Remedy's working on after Control came out, um, you know, that game better be that game. I mean, especially since Control, I don't think did all that well. That game better be fire, or they're gonna have to they're gonna have to find somebody to buy them. I mean, it's just things like that. That's just one example. I'm not pointing remedy out because I know anything, but um, you know, just uh, they're the first ones that came to mind in in you know the sweepstakes. I mean, look, it, why is why is Warner Brothers up for sale? There's got to be a reason. If they're doing that well, and they have Mortal Kombat, and they have Batman, and they've got serious IP, but apparently. They have the need to to put it out there to be sold. Why? So well, that has to do more with AT and T's end, I believe. But um... well, sure. But if AT and T felt like Warner Brothers was making them substantial money in that in that department, they wouldn't want to. They wouldn't want to 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 get rid of that. That they might be uh, like a bigger part. purchase and need the cash on hand to make some moves somewhere else. I'm guessing. Like maybe Could, uh, maybe Warner Brothers isn't making them so much money that they're like, oh, okay, we might want to invest or make right money out here. That could be why, and that gives them a lot of cash if they get like what four billion dollars. They can put that towards something else. Yeah, well, Noof says they're 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 over a hundred billion in debt. I mean, four billion dollars doesn't, you know. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, I'd have to double check that. Uh, Who's in debt right now? Well, we're talking about the demise AT &T. of AT&T. Yeah, well, they bought direct, to, uh, they bought direct TV. Nuka. They lost out on that one. Yeah. Oh, they yeah, dude. They they bought out. Uh, so many people have cut the cable. And COVID-19, like a couple articles I read, uh, said it's accelerated how many people are starting to cut the cable when it comes to uh, satellite companies, especially. Um, everybody's kind of moving over to like internet based television because they all live uh, busy lifestyles and they'd rather have it on demand than have to juggle. Yeah. yeah. And I'm a, I yeah. mean, I have direct TV. I've had direct TV for good Lord, 25 years. I mean, it's, oh, it's I crazy, but, now. I actually like yeah. direct TV, but it's so, also I'll, more expensive. It's more expensive and I'll be the first one to come out on this one and I'll probably uh, die on the sword on the hill, but their customer service has sucked since AT&T has bought them. Uh, I don't think that has anything to do with it. I mean, you said there's they're $4 billion in debt. You know, a lot of that is labor costs. That's the first thing that goes. 
No, well, you know, that's the first thing that goes, uh, well, and their customer to, service suffers because of it. You know, well, just, when you actually looked at like some of the po- things that DirecTV did back in the day, they were like we're number one in customer service. I remember when I first got yeah. with them, they were an amazing company to deal with, and they yeah, merged yeah. with AT and T. And then you get these emails about how your account numbers have been canceled and that you your new account numbers are this and everything got messed up. And when you're trying to figure out what's yeah. going on, it was just a total mess. I think uh, I think what happened was AT&T invested heavy in direct TV. Now, to me. Yeah. Yeah. And now time, now yeah. there's no reason. There's absolutely no reason to own cable to, to invest in cable. You know, there's no reason to buy cable because you have so many options and so much content, whether it's Netflix, Disney Plus, uh, Apple TV. I mean, just the list goes on and on. You know, you can watch YouTube all day for crying out loud. And and well, and also the Uh, plus side is you're not locked into contracts a lot. You know, you can basically come and go from these services as you please. You're done with Disney Plus this month. Move on to Netflix or get the next guy. You're actually not locked in. You can come and go. And I, I mean, just think about it. So many people are just glued to their phone now. They're watching movies through their phone. They're they're just on. They're not watching. The days of families sitting down watching TV are gone. You know, those days are gone. Now it's, uh, you know, everybody's on their phone or or watching Netflix and stuff like that. Those days are gone. Do Especially I think kids. one? Yeah. And do I think one day maybe the consoles will be like that and just. You know, I think I think one day it will be that. Are we there yet? No, but I do say, uh, in about in a good fifteen to twenty years, maybe even sooner than that, maybe even ten years, to where consoles are a thing in the past because technology has taken over bandwidth, uh, not bandwidth, but you know, download speeds are just through the roof, and you know, we're going to be able to get these games streamed into on our TV, um, you know, straight to, you know. It's going to be a lot more efficient. Or to our phone. phone. I mean, I I tell you, the more I have, the more I have watched and thought and 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 gotten through the initial reactions of, of you know, ew, uh, Facebook gaming. Um, I started to realize that you know that this whole thing with Microsoft and Facebook, honestly, doesn't have a damn bit of uh, thing to do with Facebook gaming. Microsoft could actually care less about Facebook gaming, to be quite honest. What they're eyeing no, I, is Facebook. I think they do care. I, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I, yeah they're, they're looking at they're looking at Facebook itself. Yes, um, yes. They're looking at that click to play, and if you could, and I, I'm, you know, go ahead, go ahead. Well, I'm glad you clarified that. But as far as click to play, what do you mean by that? So, so you you're you're. Watch it, you know, you got somebody on Instagram, right? And it's let's say it's mm-hmm. Frankie O'Connor and and he's uh he's playing Halo Infinite, right? And mm-hmm. he and he's showing it like through his Instagram page because you know they'll they'll be able to stream through all that shit. And you mm-hmm. as a um you, you're looking at I that you're and going. there's a little button that says yeah. click to play and and it takes you if you've got let's see you've got XCloud. Mm-hmm. Um, that takes you to Halo Infinite, and maybe, maybe it's maybe it's a play with Frankie. You know, maybe it's maybe it's you know you get this is where this is where somebody like Ninja or Shroud should have been used. You know, come mm-hmm. play with me, and you now you've got a now you've got this on eyes that you've never had before. And if they click that click to play, and they don't have Halo Infinite, they don't have X Cloud, they give you they take you right to the sign up page for it, and you drop your 
credit card in and all of a sudden, hey man, I got to play Halo. I got Halo Infinite. Um and and now you're too now you're in the ecosystem. I, I, there's, I was the same way as you, Mike. I was when I heard about Facebook gaming because I've given up Facebook years ago. When I heard about that, I was like, okay, I'm not doing this. But more and more, I've been seeing people that I know that have been streaming on Mixer before yeah. go to Facebook gaming, and their audience has blown up. So, well, there is. I brought this up. Yeah, I, I brought this up last last pod, podcast. You know, Facebook active users per month are like two point five billion, something like that. Mm-hmm. So I think you know, if you look at Microsoft or Xbox's perspective, they don't have a foothold in the Japanese market. They don't have a foothold in the in the EU. It's primarily the states. You know, in order to capture some of those players and bring some over to Xbox. You know, they have to look for other or other sources, whether it's Facebook gaming, uh, you know, or not. And I think that's why they made this move. And mix just Mixer mm-hmm. was just dead in the water as soon as it came out. I knew it yeah. uh, just because, uh, you know, again, I'm not going to get into the whole culture spill. And, you know, it's just well, Facebook, um, Facebook, Jeremy, it's very like they have a reach. Like there's only so many platforms that have yeah. like. A high number of people that you can reach facebook holy crap there's there has i don't even know the numbers but it's a massive number of people that are on there and obviously they have instagram as well under them like mike was saying you know uh, click you know press to uh, play and all that like there's a certain hooks there if you get x cloud in there and facebook you know their gaming division also has a, a bit of a specialty too with oculus with vr hey, um, yeah I was just kind of wondering, you know. If that works out, if that works out, I'll be a very happy person because I, some people know that I just recently got into VR. Uh, I have myself an Oculus Quest. If, say, in the next year or two, they come out and say, yeah, plug your your USB-C plug into your Xbox Series X and uh, use your Oculus Quest, you know, yeah. That's that's like yeah. the best of both worlds for me. Oh, that's another avenue. Mm-hmm. And so now Dreadpool, this is where well, Dreadpool said that Italian clowns had 500 people watching him on Facebook last week. Wild. Now mm-hmm. I I mean I've gone through like all uh, because I'm part of gaming groups on Facebook because really that's really all I do with it um, at this point because Facebook's a crap show like Twitter, but I do. Mm-hmm. I do like the gaming groups. Now, all of a sudden, you know, every 20th or or 25th thing in my feed is somebody streaming a game on Facebook gaming. And so I can sit there and I, I, if I want to watch him and it does a little autoplay so that I could get a little glimpse at it. If I like what I see, I could click on him. I mean, there's, there's some exposure there that you don't have on YouTube. You don't have, I mean, they, they have a built, it's, they have a built in feed for you that no other, no other streaming platform at this point has, you, you know, you could go to Twitch and you could see all the Twitch streamers, but that you have to go to Twitch because you're going to look for something like that. I'm seeing it strictly on my, um, uh, strictly on my, my Facebook feed. And I, if I want to watch it, boom. Yeah. It allows them to amplify where Mixer just was not going to be able to push X cloud. <laughs> No, you know, I think once Xbox gets his feet 
on the ground uh, in terms of, you know, some of these games that are coming out. Um, you know, in the past, they've released just, uh, I'm going to be up front. They released garbage, you know, see if these was a disaster when it first came out. You look at Crackdown 3, you look at State of Decay. Those Don't games cannot Crackdown come 3. out. Yeah. <laughs> Don't talk games- about my Crackdown 3. <laughs> like the early PS3 years is what it was. Well, okay. What I'm what I'm getting at is now with Facebook yeah. Gaming, when Microsoft uh, releases a great game, you know, look at Sea of Thieves on Steam. Uh, you know, Sea of Thieves now is in a playable state, a very good state to where people want to play it. It wasn't like that two years ago. It wasn't like that a year and a half ago, or even a year ago. Uh, now, if you re- if you're with my Xbox's vision, uh, and they're creating these games, buying these games, or these studios that create great experiences, uh, it's gonna catch like wildfire with their model now going to the gas games as service. Um, you know, I think sky's the limit as far as Xbox, and uh, you know, and some of the revenue that's gonna come in with it. But they have to nail these games. Again, those games of the past cannot come out today like in, in the state that they're in, hoping that Facebook gaming is going to be an asset to them uh, because I, I guarantee you if they release crap with the studios they have now, guess what's going to happen? Guess what's going to happen? It's going to spread even you know like wildfire even more now because of the exposure. And that's why, um, you know, when these games come out, they have to be good. They have to be on point. Um, it's just one of these things where it's going to be interesting over the course of ne- this year and next year to see exactly, um, you know, Xbox's investment and, and whether or not it's paid off or not. Sorry, guys. Before you guys uh, continue, I just want to say thank you for having me. I have to take off. It's uh, 11 o'clock my time. I have to get up early in the morning for a meeting. But it was great uh, podcasting with you guys. Um, I've not had the pleasure to uh, spend any time with Centurion or Shockley in the past. Uh, nice to uh, meet you guys. And uh, Dan, it was nice to see you again. Invader. You too, brother. And Michael. Mike's my brother too. My brother Jay. We will see you guys on the flip side later. We'll see you Tuesday night. That's right. Later. Indeed. Um, so, um, yeah, I just, it was funny when you see my camera pan off and off. <laughs> I'm in the middle of, of my my conference call, so I'm trying to walk and chew bubble go at the same time. <laughs> uh, That's impressive. And, uh, yeah. So I'm, if you see my head turn, look over, and, you know, I'm just kind of paying attention to it. But, um, yeah. So hopefully I could stay on longer. I don't get called here in a second, but um, we'll see. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, guys. Well, I mean, that was a great talk about the whole, you know, if the game prices, you know, potentially could get hiked uh, with the next gen consoles coming around. But we'll have to wait and see, obviously. Uh, Only one game seems to be doing that right now. But, uh, you know, we'll keep our eyes peeled on that. Well, let me ask you guys this before we move on, though, because we, t- you know, we we sort of kind of touched on on services taking the mantle of that. So, if every game, if let's say games kick up to seventy seventy dollars, mm-hmm. you guys see, you guys see services like Game Pass and EA Access raising their rates as well. If EA Access does it, Game Pass will. 
Well, EA Access, interesting. I don't know if you guys, because I'm still, I don't know why, because I don't play any games of theirs lately, but their, theirs, their subscription is still 30 bucks a year. So, I mean, it's cheap, mm-hmm. cheap. Um, Microsoft's is, is obviously much more expensive. Uh, I, you know, and, and of course, you, know, you have PS Now, which brought their pricing down, yeah. But they're still not quite there with their selection. So, I mean, could now, you see? You know what? I don't see the the Game Pass uh, price model anytime. You know, raising the price anytime soon. And let me tell you why. Number one is because they hover around a hundred, a hundred and twenty-five, a hundred and thirty games. How many games are in Game Pass right now? About a hundred. Yeah. So uh, a lot of these games. Two hundred. There's like around two hundred now. There's 200 around. games in Game Pass. Yeah, I was gonna say I thought there was because stuff because stuff keeps pulling uh, out too. Yeah, well, not be, to mention Game Pass Ultimate. Well, they keep as well. adding stuff each week. Like whenever there's stuff okay. coming out, there's always that stuff is like, true. They have add they right. they've done more but than just a in monthly the past, thing. They've they've hovered around a certain amount of games. If you get to the point where they're having a lot of content, especially day one content coming, you're gonna see these these prices go up. Uh, but right now, it's only first party that comes in. Uh, we haven't seen really, I mean, you can say third party, but there's some of these indie developers that are giving Game Pass a shot. Um, you're not going to see uh, price changes as far as that goes anytime soon because of it. Um, I think it's going to remain $9.99 until they can get over, you know, maybe a you know, 300 threshold some of these third-party games getting in the mix day one on Game Pass, you'll see a price hike then. Uh, I just don't see it anytime soon. I was, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure when they originally thought up Game Pass, they probably thought of a good price that they could run with for probably a set number of years before they had to ever have that discussion of raising the price. Mm-hmm. And right now, this is you said this was just for 2K games, right? So, um, like, I'm curious on this isn't something that directly affects Game Pass because um, the games that end up in Game Pass are always the older right. version, right? Um, for the most part, right? Um, and so, that's why I said that's what I was saying. You know, I don't see a price jump anytime soon. Yeah, no. 231 on Xbox now, 231 wow. games. Um, so yeah, it's that is how that is how far away from from uh current gaming i have been lately no we're just, <laughs> me people, too people keep saying it's only 100 games just like people well because that's what well, they used to advertise well no they still advertise it as that because they never want to uh you know when they originally created it it was never they originally started with 100 games but i guess a lot of developers and publishers thought it was a great idea and they wanted to put stuff on there so I think they just ran with it, but since then, yeah, it's always been kind of boasted as always over 100 games, but it's always been around 200 and some games. Wow, that's insane! I, I wow, that's all. I mean, that that, that is the, it continues to be the best the the best deal in gaming today. I mean, it just does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it'll be interesting to see, too, what other publishers jump onto the whole uh, subscription bandwagon. Obviously, Ubisoft has one that's not that great. Um, Anybody know about it? Invader, I do want to ask a side question, a side topic. Uh, 
to you know, XCloud is still in beta. Mm-hmm. You know, it's still in testing. Um, do you think that the app needs to come to for t- as far as like the TV app uh, for XCloud, whether it's beta or not, needs to come? Uh, we need some news on that shortly. Whether or not what the time span is as far as XCloud goes. Um, you know, you think we need to see that soon or th- you think that the, you know, the model that they're working with now, which is, you know, just keep it in beta and we'll release news as it comes out. Uh, you know, w- what would you mm-hmm. like to hear from Xbox moving forward? Well, you I want suspect- some news. Would you like some news regarding xCloud? Like, hey, it's going to launch officially launch in March of next year. You know, just we need that kind of news. Well, xCloud, from my understanding, it, it's supposed to launch like around the same time as the Xbox Series X. I would imagine that we'll be getting some news, some kind of news, even if it's just a nugget on uh, with the, Jex- the Xbox July event. Yeah. Either that or the rumored August event, too, which uh, might be for the Lockhart announcement from the sound of, Sounds of Things. But I have a feeling they'll be dropping the information pretty soon when we can expect mm-hmm. uh, the official launch. Because you're right. I mean, you know, they've been kind of quiet with uh, some aspects of that. And yeah, yeah, it'd be good to know what's going on there. Uh, xCloud is going to be their dominance. Well, it's going to be their dominant service moving on with uh, Game Pass, right? So Yeah, it'll be interesting uh-huh. to see what happens with Apple as well. If they lose Apple, I mean, because right now it's like non-existent xCloud. You know, it's just one in one of those test phases. Same there's still, only one, there's still only one game on there. It's just Apple is just so restrictive and it's just ridiculous. But mm-hmm. uh, when, by know, the way, are we getting the... Uh, um, uh, the the on-screen controls because I'm gonna be honest with you, popping my controller back and forth on on this, and I don't have the the clip and all that stuff. It's kind of what's stopping me from really playing this I more. Don't, I would I would never play with a touch screen. Are you kidding me? I would at least try it. I mean, it would. There <laughs> are some games that would at least to give me, but that option was supposed to be there. It's but. Dude, the I first mean, time you can play on a touchscreen, I'm going straight into a Mortal Kombat lobby, and I'm going to rock it. I would love to. You should record that. <laughs> Put it on your channel. Get some interesting views there. <laughs> I'll tell you, there's some, there's some solid, solid games in here that I didn't realize. I don't know if you guys know this, but uh, uh, Yakuza 0 is in xCloud. And mm-hmm. the first one, yeah. Uh, track well tracks my kid plays a ton out of a uh, ton of that sims 4 state of decay 2 there's some seriously good stuff in here better selection than stadia yeah yeah <laughs> well stadia they're slowly 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 moving along um yeah right now the guys over at stadia are looking at what amazon is doing very closely when you're retract when you take a game and put it back in beta somebody at google's looking around can we do that can we we do that can we put this back in beta (laughs) yeah yeah that was kind of embarrassing (laughs) for amazon (laughs) yeah but yeah, they're still kind of learning the ropes as well when it comes to gaming. But uh, they've been quiet, though. 
Dave and Quay, I'll be interested, uh, you know, what they have to say uh, in the next, Dude, next couple of months. I love these big Fortune 500 companies that roll up their sleeves thinking that they're just going to walk into, like, the gaming industry and kick right. ass. Right. And then they, like, come dragging themselves out, like, with a black <laughs> eye, just all tore up. It's like, oh, my yeah. God, it's crazy in there. In the gaming industry, everything is about experience. Everything. If you're, you yep. know, if you're in the market... Uh, I mean, just how important. I mean, just look at Nintendo. Nintendo makes so much money. They're probably they're probably the most profitable video game company ever. Um, they've done they've made the right business moves in terms of what's good for them. Uh, me, I've always I've always questioned Nintendo's. Uh, you know, just to me, moves too. Yeah, yeah, but at the end of the day, I mean, Nintendo is just a powerhouse as far as mm -hmm. profitability goes. Um, so absolutely guys. Now I'm going to move us over to the next topic on the list. And guys, over the past week, we have seen a lot of buzz being generated by uh, certain Twitter accounts. And I'm sure you know which ones I'm talking mm -hmm. about. Uh, some internet sleuths discovered Twitter accounts for two Microsoft IPs with placeholders in them. One is at Fable, and the other is at Perfect Dark Game. <laughs> now, the Fable account, I mean, it supposedly has a registered Microsoft account attached to it, while the Perfect Dark account is, well, it's a bit trickier. Supposedly, it's a, a fan account, but it's followed by a Microsoft employee, uh, Ken Lobb of... Uh, Xbox uh, Game Studios, formerly of Rare. So that's kind of interesting. Now, the head of Xbox marketing, Aaron Gre Greenberg, came out and he dismissed the account, stating that, and I quote, I know everyone is hungry for news, but sorry to get your hopes up. These accounts have been inactive for years. It's standard practice to secure social handles for RIP, which, you know, that that's true. You know, I'm not saying that it's not, but, you know, it's in, it's an interesting statement considering yeah. these accounts are they're rather new, right? Because That's right, the, I uh, responded specifically to him too, and <laughs> and called him out on that. I'm like, uh, Aaron, this was just registered like last month. Yeah, like the, uh, yeah. The, the the timing on this is horrible. Yeah, the horrible, uh, fable. Man. Yeah, Mike, the fable one was created back in March of 2020 and the perfect dark game one, it was only created a month ago, just in right. June, which is, <laughs> you know, that's what a, a lot of people are kind of like, well, Aaron, what are you talking about? So Mike, of course, I'll start with you uh, on this one. Um, you know, it's weird trying to decipher what's real here and what fake pertaining to these things. But what do you think is the likelihood of these accounts being real and if we'll be seeing them in the uh, Xbox July event? I, I when I when I heard Heron say that the other the other thing is um you don't sure if you're going to if you're going to hold those accounts those inactive accounts <laughs> why why didn't you do that why didn't you do that a year ago why didn't you do that at the beginning of the generation why didn't you do that uh why why you know, in June, you know it's fun, it's funny your, mike your thing mike you you ask all the right questions you know and there's some people <laughs> on here I'm just gonna call him out, Tim. For example, that guy will believe anything on Twitter if it if it comes through the line. I mean, he just he'll just believe it no matter what. He never questions it. He never questions anything. He'll just oh, it's cut. Uh, it, yeah. So, 
we started giving him shit about it in <laughs> chat. But so, what's your opinion um, on his account? Of course, of huh? course, they're real. No, I was I asking think, Downer, I, does he think the account's oh. real? No, I well, think uh, real. He said it. Yeah, he said, uh, this is yeah, securing. But right, that, and that's where funny. That fan account was like, oh no, I just I just got lucky. I'm like, yeah. Ken Law yeah, then knew this account. You could look for right. this account yeah. that would have <laughs> right. no followers. It was right. a dead account. Right. And he knew to look for you. Uh, just out of the yeah. just randomly a month before the one of the creators of Perfect Dark. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, that totally makes sense. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I think about half of maybe maybe a third of them are real. Half of them maybe. We'll see. There's a lot coming out. We've seen a ninja guided one. That was pretty funny, actually. That was. So everybody started following. That was, yeah, that was the fake one. That was sure. funny. It's already oh, de- I, deleted. It's already gone. Look, everybody the, was having fun, you know? The, the, uh, the, the, the thing is this, and this is the other thing that I said to and I was tongue-in-cheek. Um, you know, the fan, the fan base has been asking for these games for a generation. And, and you you can only ignore them for so long before people start to uh you know t- to walk away knowing that you're not going to get they're not going to get what what they're asking for from you um you know and and this is this is one place where they really could learn from the other two uh major major players out there because you know both Sony and Nintendo and more so Nintendo understand the power of their IP. Microsoft, and especially Phil, if Phil really, you know, uh, and I know he has been around, you know, forever, but he's got to know that people have been asking for perfect dark and fable for a decade and a half now. Uh, and, And the last time we got a perfect dark was at the beginning of the 360, the launch mm-hmm. of the 360. So the idea that 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 these things just popped up out of nowhere and they're just placeholders. We're we're not actually really going to make these games. We're just going to hold on to the Twitter accounts for them. Is it, it, that's so bizarre to me that it almost it, it it would almost be a slap in the face to the Xbox fan base if that were true. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, if it were actually yeah. true, I, 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 I could not fathom that 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 uh, that they're sitting down at Microsoft Game Studios and now having a breadth of studios to play with, and you know, you look, you could spread it around. I, I would actually, to be honest with you, I'm not a big Fable guy myself, but. I would be extremely interested to see what Double Fine could do with the with the Fable uh, IP, considering their their background. I mean, they're yeah. they're the next thing to me to rare as far as character design and story design. I, I, could you imagine that? And then you know, yeah, but I think I think. Know, uh... I don't know. I think Fable needs to be reimagined. You know, I think it's one of these games where get away from the British humor, get away from the humor bit. Uh, it needs to be an epic Zelda-like type experience to where it's finally going to get some of the, you know, some of the 
respect it kind of mm-hmm. deserves. I mean, Fable's kind of been one of these. Fable's kind of been one of these games where, you know, when Peter Montague, uh created the game, you know, he promised a lot. He promised so much. You guys remember some of the shit he said? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Um, Everybody. You know, he, oh yeah. So you know, I I've I've always had high hopes for Fable. I've always had this thing to where to given the right people, the right developers, the right characters, the right story arc. Um. I've always said that Fable could be a powerhouse in this industry. Uh, it hasn't come, you know, it's not even close to that right now. Mm. So yeah. maybe. I, 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 go ahead. Sorry. I, I just hope, uh, you know, Playground Games just does its due diligence. Uh, whoever's making it, you know, we still haven't got confirmation on it. I just hope they do their due diligence and just create a memorable experience, you know, a great story, great characters. Um, because that's what Fable and Xbox needs right now. They need those type of experiences. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it's now. weird not having Fable around this gen. Yeah, it it, it is. Yeah. Even though, like I said, I'm not the biggest Fable guy, but but it was one of the it was one of the staples of the of the yeah. library. Now, indulge me on one more thing, and and I I don't necessarily think this will happen but i think this Mm -hmm. is the greatest thing that could happen is that during this july show uh, we already know halo infinite so you can't surprise people Mm -hmm. with that but the last teaser the last teaser is is a perfect dark game and you find out that that is the initiatives game is a, is the re is the rebirth of Perfect Dark, with all that yeah. talent that they bring in and all that storytelling and all you know all these guys from from all these uh, yeah. storytelling development studios, single player development studios, and and mm-hmm. you are and 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 their project that they wanted was you come to find out they went to Phil and said Phil we want Perfect Dark, and Phil said yeah. have at it. I would I love do to think- see that. And I do think that, uh, you know, given the right people, again, Perfect Dark could be one of the – it could be uh, Xbox's, um, you know, The Last of Us 2 or Last of Us 1. It can be uh, Xbox's um, – what's another great freaking game? Anyway, it could Uncharted. be the, that – It could type be of, their God of War. Yeah, it could be their Uncharted. It could be their Uncharted. God of yeah. War. It could be their Zelda. Um, well, Perfect Dark – I think they're kind of molding it. Sorry, Invita. I think they're kind of molding it into like the you know the next Laura Croft type experience. You know, I think that's what they're kind of aiming for. But um, you know, it'd be interesting to see what they do. I don't know. See, I don't know how you do that with Perfect Dark. Like, don't get me wrong. I want to see Perfect Dark expanded. I was a huge fan of the first game. I played the 360 one. I was like, eh, you know, didn't really. Wasn't really mm-hmm. that keen on it personally. That seems to be a, what a lot of people felt. It was weird. It was weird. You couldn't jump. Yeah, yeah. Although you could like dodge and stuff and roll, yeah. but it, it was kind of weird that the way that they uh, did it. But remember the arrows? They put arrows on the ground because the level design was so not good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That was that was bad. And they even had Perfect Dark Core in mind too, but then uh, Matra canceled it along with Cameo too. It was in our Twitter account, Ooh. though, um, was the, the Fable account. It was interesting that it didn't try to pretend to be a fan account. And I I feel like that's because it's been the worst kept secret. 
Um, so everybody already kind of knows from like just a lot of detailed rumors from Digital Foundry. Mm-hmm. And I think they kind of got caught with the Perfect Dark one, expecting to be that more of their like, you know, big surprise. <clears throat> that one kind of played it off as, oh no, this is fan account, you know. Because mm-hmm. it just well, it, it can't be a big surprise because no one is really familiar with Joanna Dark. Nobody's no. real familiar still with the with the with the perfect dark franchise. With Shinbu, and that made grown men cry, and it was the biggest announcement Sony's had, one of their biggest ones this whole entire generation at E3. Oh yeah, yeah. I was I was shocked when I was, I was happy too, and ecstatic when Shinbu came out. It was on but in but in the end, but in the <laughs> end, how did Shenmu really do? Uh, it did okay. It did well. You know, it didn't. It didn't. In this day and age, I, there's a new age of gamers out there. You know, my myself and Mike's era is gone. You know, we we buy those types of games. Mm-hmm. We we buy those types of experiences. But now, like I said, just the gaming generation, just like this, you know, generation in general is just it's it's totally different. You it know? is. But mm-hmm. what we don't um, have these days, what we don't have in the in the IP space. So to speak, is a spy game. Not not yeah. today. Splinter Cell. Uh, no, mm-hmm. is not in this. In this, I'm talking about in this with with this generation of gamers. I, I would I would venture to say that this generation of gamers also don't also don't know who Sam Fisher is. Yeah. And and yeah. playing and playing him in in Ghost Recon as a as a as a, a mission doesn't yep. do it. I want yep. to say that Phil and everybody at xbox game studios let's say they've been listening to um you know because everybody we've talked about oh we want new ip but we also want beloved ip to return as well and perfect dark you know it, it does have a role to play in that i would like i've seen a lot of people i mean in the chat and i respect their opinions you know with it being rebooted like a laura croft and a tomb raider i don't think you need necessarily need to go down that that route but you can definitely meld it into what it already is because you already have like perfect dark was about conspiracies and uh, aliens and you already had some fun gadgets in there you can have all these open-ended levels and just really push up yeah. the the whole like you know spy slash like stealth elements to it and i think that that would be a fantastic combo and look who's supposed to be rumored to be doing it is Matt Gallagher, who actually made me and Saturon want to play Tomb Raider for the first time in our lives. So mm-hmm. uh-huh. rebooted that. So right. to do mm-hmm. it. All right, gentlemen, I need to take off. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been a pleasure. Mike, thanks for coming on again. Uh, Brother Downer. Always a pleasure, my friend. Yeah, I really appreciate it. Um, we're gonna we're gonna start. We're gonna the crossover events gonna continue. We're gonna start getting TXR I'll people leave. on to NLG. Mm-hmm. Cool. Uh, hit me up if you want. Um, I'll leave you guys with this one thing. Brad Sams, you guys put in DM was pretty interesting. It says sounds like there's gonna be some reorganization happening with Microsoft. Good luck, everyone. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. Whatever that's whatever that's supposed to mean. Um, but anyway, I'll leave you with that again. I hope everybody had a great 4th of July. Um, hey, you too, you know, you just, too brother. Um, you know, I hope you guys take care to the, to the fans listening on the, on the, uh, in chat. I uh, hope you guys were well, be safe and uh, we'll see you next week. Definitely. Peace.
Peace out, Jeremy. Yeah, see you later, Jeremy. All right, guys. Now, also, like, just touching on with Fable, I don't know if you saw it, guys. It was discovered that Microsoft recently applied to renew the Fable uh, trademark as well with intent to use. So, I mean, you know, if Fable's not coming in, like, the next couple of weeks, I'll be very disappointed. <laughs> yeah. Fable or We Riot? Is that what we're doing? It looks like it looks like it's going to be Fable for sure. Um, Perfect Dark, I would say it's a, a well. I, I'm like eighty yeah, percent on it. I, I'm I don't know that Perfect Dark is coming. I think that it. I think it's a mistake. You know, P Phil Phil has 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 dodged IP before. Um, remember, it took a third kind of a third party to to. Now, and I'm not I'm not necessarily comparing this to Perfect Dark, but it took a third party to bring Voodoo Vince, you know, which is a Microsoft first party. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's the, the this first party IP that they sit on um, it could have such wide ranging, uh, you know, wide ranging effects to bring back. Perfect Dark, I th I think you were right. It has a part in the in the catalog i mean it's not a small ip it's not a um it's it's not i think it has i think it has more pull than sea of thieves and state of decay i think it has you know i think you can and, and i think with a good with a good studio and a good vision i think you can reel that fan base back in and you can bring in new fans that that maybe heard about it on the N64 and on the, the Xbox. I mean, another one you brought up that, that I cannot believe that there has been no movement on is, is a sequel to cameo. I, mm -hmm. what a, what a, what a, what an incredible game. No banjo Kazooie, no conquer. <laughs> no, I mean, you could just go down the line. He can't duck these forever. Well, I think the, the intent is to build up all these studios to have two teams going at some point. Mm -hmm. And you brought up Double Fine, which I find to be a very interesting studio in the fact that they make they make quirky platformers. I mean, they do other things, but platformers seems to be their specialty. Mm -hmm. I could totally see them working on like old rare IP like Conquer, Banjo, or or even uh, a cameo. Maybe it's probably I, I wouldn't throw it out of the yeah. realm. Like they have their we have they have their like Mario. Like all you had to do is make a banjo. Look at what Mario does, and p some people on the N sixty four love banjo more than the Mario sixty four. Um, yeah, thought that was superior. So it's like you have a mascot that, and you've used the Switch to amplify it with Smash. Like if you're not making or thinking about making a new banjo or having maybe Double Fine or somebody, then I I don't know. Mm -hmm. No, Especially absolutely. A conquer, like they ha they could easily right there. <laughs> if you want to, yeah. you know, launch this X Cloud and then maybe make some new IP after that. But I, I would at least get one of those in there. You saw how much hype there was when Banjo was revealed for Smash yeah. Brothers. Perfect to I after mean, you amplify yeah. it with Smash and the Switch. Like, now be the next. The timing of that, I just find interesting that they would, uh, you know, allow 
that on the Switch in Smash Brothers. I mean, it's cool. I, I bought it. I the love good Banjo. Tease in for it. all those Nintendo fans, so it was like, oh yeah, you want to play Banjo? Cool. Here's a here's a little bit of them to get mm-hmm. you hyped in that old look, not the 360 look. And oh wait, here we made a new Banjo. Oh, but it's only over here. So well, now that we got your nostalgia going. Well, it's funny the you game say that. On at least your mobile phone. It's Play. funny you say that, uh, Shock, because uh, Clo- Clobriel was uh, just in the chat. I'm sure he's listening. And and I remember a hint that he was giving us, uh, I think it was a, a year or two ago, about possibly Playful working on a Rare IP. Now, who, to what extent? I have no idea what IP. Hard to say, but... I mean, they, they have made competent platform games. So, I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if, uh, you know, they've been quiet kind of as of late. So, I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw them do something with Microsoft. For all we know, they could be working on a new Viva Pinata. <laughs> do you think they're going to go mature with uh, Conquer and Perfect Dark again? Uh, well, with Perfect Dark, I would say you would, you would lean to yes. Conquer, I don't know. Conquer's a uh, tough one. Oh, Perfect was, Dark Zero was mature, too. Yeah. Conquer, Conquer was, was mature. Oh, yeah, in, definitely mature. Yeah, I oh, mean, yeah. yeah, I would see, I couldn't see them making that. If they're going to make a new kids game, I would bring, I would bring Viva that's Pinata where, back. That's another. That's where you can I, use Banjo, yeah. Yeah, you absolutely you could use banjo, but Viva Pinata was was unique and and very kid friendly. No, absolutely, that was a fun one. Um, but guys, also of note on IGDB, it's a games database owned by Twitch. There was a listing for another game that uh, popped up, and it was Forza Motorsport Eight. And there was a little bit of cover art there featuring a, a new Corvette. I actually thought it was a Ferrari, but it was a Corvette. And man, it looks like things are leaking all over the place for uh, Microsoft right now. Uh, would any of you guys be hyped for uh, Forza Motorsport 8 come this uh, this fall? Yeah, Maybe. I mean, yeah, I would definitely want it. That's one of the show pieces that always, you know because that's where you're going to be able to do what 120 fps mm-hmm. maybe not with the ray tracing on depending on or maybe limited um but yeah that should be a, and they've had an extra year to work on it so um but yeah it should should be pretty solid oh yeah well that's the thing right uh, to showcase games you usually have a a racer there um and with the launch of a console and yeah they've had three years to work on this sucker not to mention i'm just you know i'll be curious to see what kind of content they have Uh, with our chat with uh jeremy and jay earlier we had brought up microtransactions forza 7 at first wasn't very well received because of uh well different loot boxes and all that and they had to kind of rework their uh their in-game earning uh like how they earn the items there. So I'll be curious to see how everything goes, but you know that you're going to see a beautiful game from turn 10. I just hope that there's lots of cars, lots of tracks, and we see that, you know, those beautiful cars in action. And I have no doubt turn 10 always seemed to, to do us right. So I have, 
Yeah, it'll be a good matchup too because you have GT7 finally. It, they haven't made it a full GT game since 2013. So this will be a good, you know, matchup. What Turn 10 can do in three years, you know, they sent, they tend to, they've actually had the higher rated series overall. And since uh, they've ever started with Forza Motorsport, they've been the best series, like, you know, as critical acclaim. Between mm-hmm. them and GT, so it'll be a good kind of matchup to see how they kind of stack up too. Because usually they uh, kind of come out at different times. So, yeah. and and it's time. It's been it's been a couple of years now. You know, yeah, it's years. it's you know they've they've been um, they've been able to to get under the hood a bit. You know, obviously, I, I they they need, in my opinion, especially now. Uh, with with the this whole thing this whole this whole July show I, 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 the more i think about it um, uh, imagine uh, imagine the series back to their online that's a yeah well they uh, yeah but Which but all imagine you have to do is copy gt7 what they or gt yeah. sport i mean what they did there uh, absolutely and uh, but imagine imagine that they've been working on this long enough that they're going to launch this with the with the series x you know, you you're gonna have, you could potentially have a a mainline Halo and a mainline Forza Motorsport. Once it, you know, Forza Forza needs to launch with it. Um, uh, that that right there puts you in in some pretty good, pretty good launch shape. Mm-hmm. Oh no, absolutely. I think it's gonna be uh, interesting. Microsoft and or sorry, Xbox and PlayStation when they go head to head when all the games get officially announced, like how everything's gonna stack up. So you know, this game versus that game, this game one versus that one. It's uh, I don't know, just an exciting time, guys. So I can't wait to see what uh, gets announced at the event. I think Forza Mor- Motorsport Eight's very likely, obviously. So it, it it's coming. It's coming. So yeah, it's definitely coming. Mm-hmm. Very exciting stuff. Uh, but on that note, guys, we will move on to other bits of news that have made the rounds. And speaking about July, a few days ago, Xbox has announced its Summer Game Fest demo event. Now, it starts July 21st and runs until the 27th. There will be demos for over 60 games for people at home to download and try out, including games like Destroy All Humans, Hellpoint, Haven, and a whole bunch more. Now, Centurion, what's your thoughts on the this uh, summer summer demo event? A lot of the demos being released aren't what you know you would call normal demos. I would say they're more showroom, show floor style demos, ones that you know we wouldn't really normally see on the on Xbox Live, right, on the storefront. So, is it a good idea to release these demos uh, right now? Yeah, um, definitely. How can I say it? I've never had the actual on the floor E3 experience, so I'm actually curious to see these demos. I feel like this is going to be kind of like an enlightening experience for me. I would love to see a game pre-build outside of a YouTube video or, you know, I would actually I'm actually looking forward to this. I think this is going to be a really uh really nice idea um a really original idea i've always said that xbox should take advantage of its um game preview program and also it's uh um god what is the program where you guys get the dashboard early oh the insider 
yeah. insider program yet. I feel like they should also take advantage of that insider program and let some of the more trusted insiders actually kind of play some of these pre-builds to kind of help with quality control because that's one of the biggest demands for these games is quality control. So it's actually going to be really nice that they're technically letting these games out into the wild to kind of see what happens when people play these games. And technically they're going to be, this is all for all intents and purposes. They're going to be testing these games, seeing how some of the game mechanics work and getting input on it. And I'm pretty sure they're going to be asking people to give any input they can at, uh, websites and probably doing reviews on these demos i'm looking forward to this whole experience and uh like he even said in the article these some of these are not permanent because this is not mm -hmm. final builds this is just right. to basically show the concept of what they're wanting to do and even in the article it said these these that these builds are actually for some games that are actually years away mm -hmm. yeah and that's what sucks too because obviously if we get some of these games a little too early, I mean, I, don't get me wrong, I'm not complaining about this because I do like the fact that they're doing this. You know, they're trying to make up for E3. And hey, I've never been a part of a show floor either. I've never been to an E3. I was hoping to go this year, but well, look what happened. But some of these games, yeah, they're going to be far off and games can change, you know, within, you know, a long stretch like that. So it'd be interesting. Again, this is an interesting experiment that they're doing, right? So mm -hmm. I think that if you, I think this, they won't say it, but this is a pilot. I think this is a pilot program to really test the feasibility of whether it's time to pull the plug on, on E3. And Microsoft is the last man standing when it comes to press conference, show floor, or, and now doing their own in, in their own place. But they, they really, you know, Sony was not going to be there regardless. Um, Nintendo does a direct, and and I can't remember if they had a. I think they did have a show floor presence, but it wasn't. You know, it, it's it's not what it, you know, what it usually was in years past. Microsoft was really the last big company of the three to support E3 in in any meaningful way, and I think that if this goes well, then they know how to move forward. Being someone who has been on the E3 floor um, and who knows exactly what these demos are, I think that this is something that, um, you know, what you've gotten in the past was, you know, NLG, you know, taking a, taking a camcorder and walking the show floor and showing you footage of these games um, and then, you know, uh, telling you all about it, right? you're going to see that footage anyway, because we've taken the camcorder footage or we've, you know, done something with the demo. And now, you know, with digital foundry, they, they analyze every freaking demo that comes down the line. The easiest way to get people to see what's going on without opening up an entire show floor is to put it in their hands. You don't, you know, and, and, and they're saying exactly what they need to say route, right. There's, you know, what you see is not necessarily what you're going to get. 
Uh, these are, you know, these should, these, I'm assuming that when you launch a demo for this, you're going to get a disclaimer right at the beginning of the, of the demo that says this is pre-alpha, mm -hmm. this is alpha, this is pre-beta, this is whatever. Do you know uh, the, the? It may break. It may not work right. You may flutter through a wall or two. But um, you know, but these are. This is what it is. And and the the um, one of the things that they said was, which is interesting. These demos will only be up on the Xbox dashboard for a week. Some might be republished to the demo channel later on, but many will simply evaporate at the end of the week. So it's not even though you're going to be able to, to sit and play this thing for months until the game comes out. It's just a look. It's the same look that you would get if you were on the show floor. I think this is a, I, I think this is a, this is a test for them to see if this is how they go forward year in and year out. Can I also throw another conspiracy out there? I'm not saying yours is a conspiracy. I'm saying mine is way out of whatever field you want to call it conspiracy. Um, I think this is also another test for xCloud. Call me weird. No, um, absolutely. Are you kidding? No, absolutely. No, no because he, um, Phil Spencer bragged in that interview um, recently um, about how they're using the xCloud servers to upload um, pre-version, like, pre-alphas of these games so that way the developers at home can work on them and actually find um, issues with the games and actually play the pre-alpha versions of games that have been uploaded into xCloud and when as soon as I saw this I was like I wonder if they're going to be using the xCloud systems to basically create this because this is where all these these uploaded pre-alphas of all these games are going to be housed um yeah, that's going to be, you know, it's going to call me a conspiracy. No, 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 no. I like where you're thinking. I think the question, the, 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 the better way to frame that question is, will you be able to download these demos or can you only stream them? That's what I'm, if you're, if they, if the, if the demos are stream only, then that kind of says it right there. I'm yep. kind of saying. Absolutely. Because then also like, you know, because you're using that X clay, you can pull, that's how they would pull them because uh, if you can download this, de these demos, one of those, so say one of them is the demo for Haven, right? Which is on here. So Haven's going to be one of those things that we can demo. If you download it and then the download link goes away at the end of the week, and you still have access to play that demo until the game comes out, then we know it's just a regular, you know, download. But if the whole thing goes away and you can't even play it anymore, then yeah, that's that's uh that's an interesting way to use XCloud. And you may be absolutely right. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. Now the timing of this event, it's on from until the twenty seventh. It's interesting that with the July X, uh, yeah, the July Xbox event nearing. Do you guys think that we'll see the Xbox July event announced like the same week uh, as the Summer Game Fest? Hmm. Well, let's see. Um, looking at the July calendar, so the 21st is Tuesday. The 27th is a Monday. So this is a Tuesday to a Monday. They have the whole rest of the week to Friday. I think they'd have to I would think they'd have their big show after this. The 28th, 29th, 30th or 31st. 
so you think they're gonna leave it maybe like let's say if it's a if they do it kind of like in the the inside xbox time frame like they could do it sometime in the middle of the week like a wednesday or a thursday kind of a deal the 29th or 30th yeah i mean it gives them all week to do a show Hmm. yeah it just it, it would be a good way either to start off things or you know just to get everybody you know in the uh announcement gaming mood get some demos out uh, according to Tim, there might be some kind of an announcement coming tomorrow or Tuesday. We have, we have no idea. I have a game demo mean, that might but... get some people going. What would you do if Phil Spencer walked out on stage and said, go ahead and play the Halo Infinite multiplayer beta right now? Uh, that would be phenomenal. Well, yeah, that is supposed to be coming. 343 have, have made and that clarified that, that, yeah. They usually do that months before. Yeah, so that would make sense at this point. Theirs is an actual beta, not a demo. Oh no, I respect uh, it when they do it. Like I remember back in uh, for Halo Five and Halo Four, they had it months, months ahead of time, so you know that they're uh, putting in the effort into actually trying to uh, adjust the game mechanics or the maps or whatever it may be. So, I think you might. I might. That might be a, a shoe in. For that week, I would imagine. Yeah. Oh yeah, you know how many people you'd have using your services just for like a week just to demo I'll that test, game alone. I'll test your servers. Yeah. I also still stand behind. I think they're going to dedicate about an hour to Halo Infinite, um, purely because you're going to have a half hour wrapped up in the game and its development. But then you're going to have that new engine, and we all saw what an engine does for. Uh, you know, like when uh, Unreal Engine 5 was shown, so I'm pretty sure Microsoft is going to want to show off that new engine that they created for Halo. Yeah, but an hour's a bit long to show a game. But we're talking about, a, we're, I say that they're wanting to do events over a week period of time. So you could kind of have, uh, that's why I'm saying, you wouldn't have yeah. a full hour dedicated to Halo. I really see, but it's going to be around Halo because they're going to be using Halo as the game to show the engine. And I really do say they're going to show, what, 15 to 30 minutes on on this engine they probably created because uh, how long was the tech demo for Unreal Engine 5? Right, but it was only showing off the engine and no other games. I I, I hear, so, so are you saying that, that the Halo Infinite would be a separate... Show I'm the- saying that I'm saying the Halo Infinite. I'm saying maybe it could be a separate deal, purely mm-hmm. because of there might just be so much information that they want to share about the game, a little bit how multiplayer is going to work, the uh, the story, the advances in gameplay. They're also going to want to show the mm-hmm. engine because they've put like what five hundred million dollars into this game supposedly theoretically. Um, so I'm saying like that. In, in itself, like, call me weird, might actually constitute at least a good chunk of time for any show because that's a huge investment. I think that I, I totally understand what you're saying, Centurion, but they need to cram in as many different games into this time period as possible. And I think they will have a good chunk of time de- dedicated to to Halo Infinite for sure because everybody's wondering when are we going to see more information about this game they will but I I see where Centurion's going I what if what if what if they show 
the vertical slice that they're going to show because mm -hmm. you know they're going to. But instead of dragging it out where people, yes, they want to see Halo, but at this point they want to see the other games too. Um, and, and I swear after this, after these consoles come out and after this generation, if I never hear the word banger ever again, oh um, I'll be happy. <laughs> um, but but people want to hear about the other games too. They are they want to hear about what the other fourteen studios have coming up. And I think what what to to I think what to Centurion, I think he comes up with a great point. They show their vertical, and then they say, um, you know. August something something is going to be an uh, an inside Xbox dedicated to because that's what Sony's been doing, dedicating a state of play to to Last of Us Two. They dedicated one to Ghost of Tsushima. There is no reason why Microsoft in August um, can't do uh, an inside Xbox that's dedicated to Halo Infinite. I think that would be huge. See, that actually takes my idea and blows it out of the water because you actually put it into a more relevant statement on, I just see them because Halo is a flagship franchise and they yeah. have a new game engine and you know they're going to be like wanting to show how light reflects works off this, particle effects that, and they're just also wanting to probably maybe even show the loading capabilities of the Series X. Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. So... Well, I, I I give you full credit for this idea because you you I mean I that's I, that's per, and that's exactly what Microsoft to do should do to keep to keep the momentum up because if you think about it and and I'm not oh God I, I I hesitate to get into this because I don't want people you know starting to starting to 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 roll out the the you know the fanboy remarks or anything like that but. Sony, Sony has now a lull. Okay, they've shown the PS5, they've shown Last of Us Two, they've shown Ghost of Tsushima. They don't yet really have a launch title worthy of its own show for the PS5. They have Microsoft has an opportunity to take the next two to three months to to bring back. Um, the folks that that were, you know, for for all intents and purposes, uh, kind of backing away from the first show they had. This is an opportunity for them to regain some spotlight that that they need before mm. launch. Well, they've because, been slowly building up to this point, Mike. Like, yeah, you know, with their services, different initiatives. Yep, it's been Can building up to this with X Cloud. It's. Um, I really hope they get their messaging on point. Now's Can the time. I say one thing about the first show. I know the first show where they they touched on the medium and scorn and a couple other great uh, horror based games. We all know um, what was his name? Aaron Greenberg in front of the fridge holding uh, a halo helmet. Um, you know, I understand that there has been some shows for Microsoft that have been very lackluster or low budget, like especially when it comes to inside Xbox. But we all know when it came to the actual big shows, they don't they kind of threw some money at it. They were holding them in their own um, theaters. They, they actually wanted the shows to look nice when they were the great big shows. I felt it was kind of funny how they went first in this whole summer of games with Jeff Keighley. Imagine Xbox going before Sony. Imagine that. And 
this is new. So what do we do? Do we just do this out of our house or do we, do we do it low budget? Do we do it high budget? What do we do? But because Microsoft went first, they obviously chose the let's do it from our houses thing because actually a lot of places were actually a lot more stringent on their quarantine, especially when it comes to filming. Now, actually, you can there's a little bit more looseness when it comes to being able to film with multiple people in the room. So um, I feel bad that they had to go first because it was the first time anybody had been put in that situation. So I feel bad that honestly they're being judged on that whole situation that no company had ever been put in a situation that you have to do a show um, for that many people, but you're not allowed to leave your house. You know, could you imagine the logistics of trying to pull this off as a, as a company? Yeah. I, mm -hmm. Look, I, I wasn't one of those who came out and trashed Microsoft after the first show. I, I, I got it. I understood it. Um, I, I didn't think Sony's show, I mean, for all the bluster about the, about all the stuff that they showed, I wasn't blown away by them either. That there's, there's no, and I nothing, saw it because nothing, it was all filmed in a black room and nobody was, it was hey, the same thing just with a different nothing, backdrop. Nothing so far has, has on either side, nothing so far has caught my attention. This is where, um, and, and, and look, we're, that show was in May. So you're talking, you know, June, July, August, September, October, November, at least you're six months out and you're and you're you're in a in an environment where people are going to forget that show no matter what you showed because we're just in this in this new fast-paced era where any little announcement on on Facebook, on Twitter, on social media takes the attention. So why why throw that out there 6 months? I get that idea. Now, mm -hmm. they have to deliver. This is where this is where you know everybody is hyped. Everybody is I, I have not seen a hype like this in a while. Um, which is why I think the whole thing with the with the uh, Twitter accounts and whether or not these games are coming or not. Um, I made a very pointed statement to Aaron Greenberg. You 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 know you can't continue to not listen to your fans. I think that everybody is doing is is hyped for this because and and they're hyped for it without Microsoft really hyping it as much. They just said they're having a show in July. They that you know it's not Microsoft that has gone out and said this is going to be the biggest show ever. It's everybody else that's kind of in the periphery hmm. that are looking at it. You know the 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 Windows Centrals and the. Um, you know, the, the folks on social media that are not part of Microsoft, they're the ones going, you guys have no idea how big the show is going to be. And so what you're getting now is a natural hype rather than a Microsoft set hype. And I think there's, that's, that's where Microsoft has an opportunity to deliver, but it's where Microsoft needs to be watching carefully that they do deliver. Mm -hmm. And I'll say this. You know, over this gen, there's been a lot of doom and gloom over the Xbox brand. There's been a lot of, you know, it hasn't, you know, hasn't exactly been cheerful. And I'm excited for this. I'm really excited to see what Microsoft and Xbox have in store. 
I like being the white pill when it comes to this stuff, fellas. And I, I'm stoked. You know, I'm. We're gonna get game announcements. We're gonna get. Uh, I'm assuming price point on the console and so much more. Yeah, I'm stoked. I want to see more Halo and just everything else. And uh, Microsoft has a lot to show. And they've been building up to this point, like I've been stating. So we have a lot to look forward to. Um, does anyone else have anything else to say before we move on? I'm sorry. What? I was distracted by Mike's walls. <laughs> <laughs> apparently, yes, apparently, apparently my, my, my room has triggered people. <laughs> yeah, apparently. Yeah, oh, Daz is going crazy. <laughs> oh man, UK Daz. Yeah, we're in the sunglasses there, pal. Oh, I bet you're in. I can see you in bed. You know, it's just pitch black in in your bedroom there, and you got the uh, you got the sunglasses on the shades, pouring them rocking. All right, fellas, we will move on to what will be our last topic of the evening, and it looks like. Xbox's secret cheaper second console Lockhart will be packing a bit of a punch. Now, according to Tom Warren of The Verge, Xbox Lockhart will feature the exact same CPU speeds as the powerful Xbox Series X, citing documentation that he has. Lockhart will also include 7.5 gigabytes of usable RAM and around four teraflops of GPU performance. The aim for Lockhart seems to be to target consumers looking for the next-gen experiences at lower resolutions and quite possibly at a cheaper price point. Now, Shock, I'll hit you up on this one. Could Xbox really undercut Sony's PlayStation 5 with this lower-resolution, cheaper console? Because from what we've been, we keep hearing here, and again, the Xbox Lockhart's one of the worst-kept secrets for, like, the past year. Uh, you know, could we really see them like be competitive on pricing? And you know, I would think especially against the the digital focus PS5 at this point. Yeah, I think this is definitely where they can come in, kind of undercut and get a really good price point, like probably around three hundred. I think that's what everybody's assuming. Um, and you know, really, they give you all the probably the you know the big focal point of like next gen which will be like ssd it's supposed to have like the same ssd size and mm -hmm. speed um similar cpu but not as many cus um and then i think the same about the same amount of memory so i mean i have a 1440p monitor so it sounds like something like that would be you know great for some of those people as well um and not everybody especially if you're trying to do the higher frames per second then, you know, you might not really care too much about you might like a lot of us are playing at 1080p this gen, like on the 1S and the PS4 Slim. So they're used to that. And now you could just take that and amplify up to maybe 60 FPS or higher with this new console with fast uh, down or fast speeds with SSD. And so you're still and probably still ray tracing. So you're still getting a lot of the next gen perks at a really budget price and depending on what these new next gen consoles are going to be maybe $500 you're looking at a 2 200 to maybe 150 price gap in there so that could be and it could be even lower if it's all digital they might this might come in at 250 well even. recently according to Ryan McCafferty of IGN's podcast unlocked he was saying that he's been hearing that Lockhart will be priced at a, at 
$300 uh, US. Now, would that be like a nail in the coffin of the PS5 digital edition? We really, oh, look, we don't know the price, obviously. There's nothing officially said, but $300, that's a pretty low entry point for next gen games. Yeah, I don't, yeah. I, yeah, I don't think it, it could, I mean, it could be the, the only thing, and this is what I've been saying from the beginning as far as like the PS5 being possibly either version being $400, is if that were the case, they would have said it. If the digital one was four hundred dollars and the one with the disc was either uh, four fifty or five hundred, I feel like they know that at least Xbox's mainline console is lower than uh, with Xbox Series X lower than four hundred dollars. That's like a clear cut safe bet. That's not gonna happen. Um, so I I feel like if it was four hundred dollars, they would have said it. They would have. Not just, hey, let's wait for Microsoft because they don't they don't want to go that low. Probably, otherwise they would have just announced it. Mm-hmm. I have a so feeling this could my- be a yeah. Go ahead. Do it if it's if there's enough of a price gap. I think the Lockhart can't be just a hundred dollars or fifty dollars lower than their digital because then that that point then people are like, hey, well maybe I just spend the extra money and I get a more powerful system. Mm-hmm. And it's that small of a difference. Well, Phil said they did. They were going to be very competitive when it came to the console pricing and when i hear phil spencer say something like that uh a lot of things go through my mind you know how cheap will it be if ryan mccafferty's hearing like that they're willing to go as low as 300 for an entry point console ooh, ooh, that out you get a lot of people uh joining in there so oh yeah Especially with next, you know, next gen features like ray tracing, having the SSD in there, being able to play the next gen games. Uh, if it's all digital, I mean, that might. I mean, I don't know. I mean, some people love digital. It de- it depends. But what is that? And and what what is your trade off going to be then? I, I I this is why I struggle with this thing still existing. I mean. Uh, what what do you what mm-hmm. at three hundred dollars? Mm-hmm. What what stops you with all of these great things? What's what then? What then motivates you to spend the six hundred dollars? I just I'm I'm I, I I've never I've never bought into this Lockhart uh, being a real thing. I, I've I've if anything, I still think that. Especially now with with Sony not having you know their second SKU being basically a digital version of their first SKU of their of their main system, I I struggles I struggle with Microsoft making a less powerful system, but still powerful enough to to be I don't know I just, I'm not there's something there's something missing for me there so i still think lockhart is just a digital version of the series x and if they could do that and subsidize that cost with uh with their digital services i think that's where they you know remember you guys remember uh, the the term loss leader right you know what what mm-hmm. consoles used to do consoles used to sell at a loss they make it back up in the software well now you have you you could sell a console at a loss to make it back up in the service because that's a 
you know, th- that's a subscription cost you're constantly getting. I think that's also why, you know, you see you're, you, you, you've got Microsoft all access with, or Xbox all access, whatever they call it, where you mm-hmm. can pay off the system. And if you buy an X, a, a regular X now, you could, you could trade it in for a series X. I, I'm just not sure what the, you know, nobody's nobody's told us what they think the difference is going to be. Are you only getting 1440p versus 4K? Are you only getting, are you getting ray tracing, but at 30 frames per second rather than 60? I mean, mm-hmm. it just doesn't make, it still doesn't make sense to me yet. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's supposed to be just pretty much a lower end GPU and then just in the same CPU. So that'll be easy. So it'd be kind of like PC where it's just like, you're just scaling that's all they're having to worry about. So there's no, is this good, is it going to be all digital as well though? That's what that's that's what, what it's is. that's how it's being suggested is that the Which I think that's smart because to get it as low as possible and just make it right. fly off the shelves. Mm-hmm. Especially that's the other thing, and I may have said this last week. They might get people to think that oh well, this is just Xbox. This is the Xbox Series X digital version. Just like the PS4 uh, or PS5 disc or digital all digital edition is like that's their version. So they might trick a lot of people just by association that oh this is this is just like the 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 higher one. It's just one without the disc. So I'm still getting the more powerful console. So they might think you know some consumers might think that they're getting the most powerful console when they're not. But yeah, yeah that's that scary. would backfire. Yeah, that backfire. Well, it's it's like all the I don't think that I don't think that would really backfire. Well, just because you had all the I had there were so many like people that I had that were not that were like parents and didn't play any games. And at the beginning of this gen, they're like, well, I don't want to buy my son an Xbox one because it can't do 1080p. But it's like, well, neither does the PS4 and a lot most in a lot of cases that. At the start of the gen, they would only but do 900p. Phil, Phil Spencer so has been like, preaching clear messaging. Well, they might make um, it clear. I'm just saying it might be association of like, oh, it's it can do similar. Like they're probably not going to think it's going to be like, oh, this is like maybe a really maybe, underpowered. Maybe there might be consumers system, that like, wouldn't probably get confused. Possibly, I I was I thought for a second you were suggesting that Microsoft was going to deliberately try to create no, this confusion, no, no. and that's why I was saying that would that would backfire on Microsoft because Microsoft hey, is just like people yeah. assume oh things God. about the beginning of this. Gen. And now that mm-hmm. you've said that, like it's people still say like PS Now yeah. is all it's just a streaming it, platform when it's not. Like people just assume things. So I'm just saying like that might make it fly off shelves still. When it, when people were trying to buy it, like, hey, this isn't like super weak, yeah. you know, it's just their, but I don't know, the price difference yeah, might. Now that you said that, that the case. now that makes me wonder how in the world they'll even be able to, to to message this. Well, I, I think the people of uh, Rand was saying that he thinks it's going to be more of the shape of like, say, the Xbox One S or the Xbox One X. Not like this GameCube size thing that's supposed to look. So I think that's kind of like, hey, this Xbox Series X, this is our new tower. Mm. This is the next gen console. Oh, and here's just like something in between. So it's enough of a different look to not like confuse people in that sense. Um, um, what I, I I just don't always go into the idea of sheeple. Um, like I mean, 
there's different versions of cell phones out there. There's different versions of refrigerators, yeah. televisions. I, I do feel that they're going to make it clear enough, at least for any consumer that's willing to do yeah. any ounce of research would be able to figure it out. I don't out. think it's going to be confusing in the sense that, oh, I'm going to go into the store and like not know which one to get. You know, they're both probably going to be very different shapes, which would be smart because then people aren't going to get by. Oh, I bought the wrong box by accident, which might happen with the PS5 because they're very similar look. And like, oh, I bought the digital because, you know, it's maybe they're running out and I just grabbed the digital one and I grabbed some games. Oh, well, Timmy can't play them because these games have dit so, or, you know, or disc and this is the digital edition. I'm stupid. I bought the wrong. That's that's one that could confuse and, you know. Out of all of the, all the all the editions that are coming out on these consoles, this guy's got the, these ones. Um, you know, the other guys got different ones. I'm curious on how it's going to happen on when they are going to actually finally talk about pre-order dates on these consoles outside of price, and then what happens when one rele- releases a pre-order date? Does the other one release a pre-order date the next day? Do they wait a week? Um, do they try to mat? You know, can, you could go in the store and pre-order both consoles at the same time, or is one become available for pre-order before the other? Um, that's where it's just like, especially with right now, on the fact that you can't really go into some of these stores and, oh my god, I don't even want to think about what's going to happen trying to order some of these consoles online. I mean, some of these websites are probably going to crash. And so yeah. um, that's where I'm just totally in my mind I, I, outside of price and all that. I feel like what could be created by what I just don't know how it's going to be to get these consoles anymore. I had a plan to trade in a console and now I don't even know how that's going to work. Mm. Yeah, I wonder how late it's going to get that before someone's going to announce a price because neither of them want to go first. Well, no. Rumor is that, again, August is looking like, uh, it looks like Xbox having some kind of a Lockhart event. And Sony's supposed to have one in August is the rumor as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's correct. So I would imagine pre-order dates, again, this is me guessing, but it it could very well be sometime in August. Like, we could look at it late August. (laughs) Well, everything has been late, so... October, November. But you have to That's, get the orders and like pre-orders and stuff like that. So you could have yeah. time. Like you I think it's ha- like a ninety days at least or something. I you think August have... would 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 be uh, po- possible, plausible in any case. But if they push it back anymore, it'd be too difficult. I just wonder how they're gonna decide who do we go first or do we just do we just go for it? We'll do five hundred. Hope Sony doesn't undercut us at four hundred. Like I don't know. Well, who's going to blink first, right? Yeah. I just say that... They're running out of room. <laughs> right. The only way well, I feel I, like I, uh, Microsoft can go first is if if they're willing to do 400. Like, otherwise, I wouldn't go first. I think that's their probably plan B. See, I was saying that we got this big event at the end of July that's probably going to be all games, games, games. It will. And then there was that rumored thing about Lockhart being revealed in August. So you could see a console reveal event or at least a console event sometime in August that would pretty much lay it all out on the table. And then probably at the end of said event, say pre-order at the end of August, 
basically yeah. giving people a couple weeks to kind of get some things in order to at least uh, throw down $100 on a pre-order for a console or to be able to go online and, you know, put in the credit card information to get one. And that could um, be a pretty big shot across the table right there. If after they announced, after supposed to have all these big announcements, they announced that the Xbox Series X is going to be three or you know four hundred dollars. They know that Sony, if can. Sony, if it, well, even if Sony did, there's no way Sony's doing like less than four hundred dollar well, no. discless version. So if that's the case, if they have to get at four hundred with their discless version, you're already winning because then you got one that. They can take this. That's not like all digital. So you get the option and it's supposed to be more powerful. And at the same, like if that's what that, but they don't care about selling consoles. I get that because they just want to sell the subscription. But, but now that's where I'm pretty sure when they thought of, you know, what if PlayStation doesn't go for them too. What if PlayStation doesn't go first? I'm pretty sure that has probably come up so many times in a discussion with all the the board members over there at Microsoft. What if PlayStation doesn't go first? So it's kind of like, what would be your absolute bottom dollar that you would be willing to put that console at to, I guess, kind of set the, the market standard at that point because the other guy hasn't gone. So you don't want to look like you're overpricing it. I feel like it's also a guarantee now that there's no way that the disc version of the PS5 is going to be 400 because then there's no there's just no way that discless version that's supposed to still be this next gen console is going to be less than 400. So I think that's a safe bet for them like there's no way Sony's going to be able to go that low. Yeah, and I think if if there if Lockhart really is a discless version of the Series X, that's how it gets to that's how it gets to 300. Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't want to say bare bones, but I mean, you know, if they're taking out, I guess you would say unnecessary things that would to lower the price. Yeah, that would be that would probably be uh, be it for for sure. All right, fellas, uh, you know, I think on that note, we're going to end off tonight's show. And damn, you know, I got to say what <laughs> an incredible, incredible show we had tonight. Uh you know, talking about all kinds of interesting Xbox game rumors and leaks, where game prices are heading, Xbox Game Fest demo updates, and certainly, you know, all kinds of other stuff going on. Wonderful, wonderful chat, guys. And, of course, a huge shout-out to all the wonderful people that tuned in tonight. Uh, definitely all kinds of activity going on in the chat, as per usual. People like, I know we had Noof Nukem in here earlier. Yeah, uh, we had John in here from NLG HTK Logic Wins. Always good to see you, bud. I Mill. Uh, great chats going on here. Vogels Krieg. Oh, who else? There were so many people that jumped in here. Sorry if I yeah, missed even you. Dan, even Dan Rodriguez was in. Yeah, I saw Dan. Season. Yeah, yeah, Dan. That was nice. Thanks for dropping in, Dan. Other Zinc uh, regular here. Diego, of course. Everybody, check yep. out Diego's. Uh, Diego's. Um, Already does some really awesome stuff. Obviously, he did for us. Uh, he'd, just have gotten mad at, he'd have gotten mad at me if I didn't say the word Amico sometime during the show. <laughs> Amico, yes. <laughs> Dreadpool, uh, brother, thanks for tuning in. The indie gamer, Fastback, of course, from WDFC uh, NLG. And oh, just so many, so many. Michael uh, Monkey Punch, thanks, buddy. And so many more. Um, Guys, if you enjoyed tonight's show, then hey, consider leaving a like, sharing this out across social media, and subscribe to keep up to date on further TXR shows and so much more. 
All right, guys, let's get on to the outros. And we'll start with our guest, uh, Mike. Always a pleasure having you with us. Uh, thanks for uh, joining. Uh, where can everybody uh, find you and listen in? Well, I want to first thank you guys for having me. Um, you know, it's always it's always fun being on with you with you guys. One day I will. Uh, one day I hope to be on with the whole crew because uh, it's been uh, quite a long time since I've uh, talked to Tim, uh, Tim Dog, and so chopping it up with him should be fun. Um, and uh, uh, so you can find me uh, Stinger NLG on Twitter, uh, at Xbox, the original NLG on PlayStation. Because uh, they don't like the word stinger for whatever reason, um, and then of course you can find the original Next Level Gaming Show Thursday nights nine thirty p.m. Eastern Standard Time over on our channel. If you just put in uh, Next Level Gaming into YouTube search, we are still the first thing you see. So um, you know, uh, come check us out. Uh, we've got uh, we're, we're developing um, some great extra things. There's not always a lot to talk about. And and mm-hmm. we're not so much into the rumor and, and and that kind of thing. We leave that, you know, yeah, for you guys to talk about the rumors and stuff, because because <laughs> uh, you guys have much better insights than we do on a lot of that stuff. So we uh, we're working through, you know, um, doing more segment based work, uh, segment based stuff. So come check us out. It's a lot of fun. I have a great crew. They're all in the chat room, um, and uh, you know, my confidants. So. But uh, thanks again. Great show, guys. And I really enjoyed uh, really enjoyed tonight. Oh, absolutely. Uh, again, thanks for coming on. And yeah, we'll uh, we'll do this more often for sure. You know, we got to get a game night going. Yes. Yes. And we'll have you guys on NLG as well. And um, sorry to disappoint. Um, but the next time you see me, uh, Daz, the walls will still be gold. <laughs> definitely and remember fellas hashtag gamers united guild you know we're all uh you know we we got a little group here going on just you know i, I don't want to say a family but you know like a friendship between a yeah. couple of podcasts going on and you know nlg retro renegades and four guys with quarters just you know, like-minded podcast you could say and we support each other so you know definitely check out check out everybody in the group support and be supported of course, and this goes without saying. We had uh, J Dubs, uh, the graphic god, with us earlier. Uh, I'd love to have him on again. It was great having. He's a great guy in the community. I, I you know, I, <laughs> I can't talk highly enough about him. Uh, you can find Jay Williams, the graphic god, on Twitter at uh, graphic underscore god, and you can uh, check out his website, Xbox Gamer Picks. If uh, you know, he makes little avatars and uh, Xbox Gamer Picks for everybody. So definitely check out his work if you're interested. And without further ado, the rest of the txr panel obviously jeremy uh had to leave early but shock buddy hey you had an excellent show tonight where can everybody find you yeah you can find me at shock nero on twitter easy shock on xbox live um but yeah thanks for stepping by a great show definitely pal all right centurion you had some really good points this evening uh excellent show all around and where can everybody find you bud as always, you can find me right here every Sunday night, kicking it with you fine gentlemen on TXR. I also do the shop podcast every Saturday night, and you can also follow me on Twitter, YouTube, and Xbox Live at Centurion1307. Perfect. 
And of course, guys, uh, well, as for me, you call it, you all can find me on my YouTube channel, Invader Gaming, as well on Twitter at Invader underscore 1986. I hope everybody has a wonderful night, and we cannot wait to see you next weekend for another show. Take it easy, fellas.